0: All right, then. If you want orders, follow this one. Hold to open. Hold to open. Yes, and what do you do? I don't need to make claims. I know how good I am. Like you don't know. Show me. You want to see it? Fly me, you can smell the testosterone. Here comes
1: the drums! Oh, here it comes, the sound of drums. Here come the drums, here come the drums. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Dun, dun,
1: dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun.
2: Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Pull to Open, uh, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who, all of the televised series in excitingly random order. My name is Chris Taylor.
0: And I'm Pete Paschal, and Chris and I are a couple of guys, a couple of electrified guys this week. Woo-hoo! Now that we are back, uh, I feel like it's a new era now that we're post Power of the Doctor. We're post power. It. Yeah, it's Last post-power. week
2: we, yeah, we we were all like uh let's let's not talk about it too much last week. And we're gonna yeah. be all let's not talk about it too much this week. Uh but we're super excited. We're super excited that we that we kind of uh got a little bit of it right ahead of time. Um but that's uh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yes, we're a couple of guys, we're a couple yeah. of journalists, we're a couple of uh, Doctor Who travelers through time and space. And here's where we've been previously. Um, five episodes ago, we were at Rosa, our first Jodie Whittaker. Uh, our randomizer decided uh, rather, rather scarily before, uh, before Power of the Doctor to catch us up with, some, with our first ever random Jodies, uh, which was Rosa and then it was the Witchfinders uh three episodes ago we took a diversion back to Troughton uh for actually what is in a way also a a new story newly animated fury from the deep uh two episodes ago with our special guest chris burgess from radio free Scaro, uh we did time flight Uh, The the post-Adric Concord story. And we looked at what happens when a companion leaves the TARDIS. And then last time we took another look at what happens when a companion leaves the TARDIS with the Runaway Bride, which is the first post-Rose episode and the first Tennant Tate episode. And we did that right before Power of the Doctor, right before we knew, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, that the new Doctor is David Tennant.
0: Uh, the 14th doctor the it's 14th
2: doctor he's not 10 it's not a he's dream not, it's not a not side universe. yep <laughs> <laughs> series 13b uh no no he's the actual 14th doctor it's the first time it's happened and i'm sure that was a big reason why rtd got him back right you know the he, 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 you'd be the first doctor in history on you know we can talk about the curator but you'll be the first official doctor in history to be two numbered doctors you'll be 10 and 14. uh i don't think anyone could say no to that right
1: um
2: right oh absolutely but all indeed, of this of course all of this has led us to <laughs> our very first chris eccleston episode speaking of rose from the runway bride rose is in this um And it is, wow, what an Eccleston episode. It may be my favorite. I think it may be Pete's favorite as well. Maybe your favorite. It's Dalek.
0: Yeah, huge. It's like our first episode episode is the most Eccleston episode that has ever Eccleston. Oh, it's 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 so
2: Eccleston. It's got like Eccleston dripping off the walls of the bunker.
0: (laughs) Well, certainly off his lip at one point, (laughs) It's, it's just a doozy. It's just crazy that the uh, randomizer... You remember like way back when we were worried that the randomizer was taking us through too much good Doctor Who before? Yes. Because we're not even really halfway through uh, this, the, the entire television run yet, and we've already done so many epic episodes, and this yeah. is yeah. Like, definitely reputed to be one of them. We won't reveal what we think about it <laughs> on this rewatch several years later, and seeing if it holds up right now, but uh yeah. what what a what an episode to start this era with it, it is
2: cow. yeah we, we we did have that mini episode where we were kind of worried about running it burning through things uh too fast but also something else we've expressed on pull to open is that the randomizer hasn't brought us to a lot of dalek episodes or certainly not a lot of dalek episodes with dalek in the title right we've had one i believe power of the daleks the, uh, the 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 Trouton opener the animated one i don't know peter have we had any other uh of the daleks uh, and, and anything at all with it with dalek in the title
0: i don't think so i'm uh, scrolling yeah. really quickly here through the codex yeah. and it isn't this is yeah, yeah. We, wow. we we That's didn't have the,
2: we haven't had the daleks master plan we've not had the master's dalek plan uh we haven't had any of it um, the daleks <laughs> the dalek yeah the Daleks or the mutants or whatever that. What if they called this
0: to... one the Dalek? The... I think that would have been a little too. <laughs> if they had the in front of it, wonder if that was ever considered.
2: Yeah, well, obviously they didn't think about SEO in those days. Uh, right? uh, <laughs> Let's just call it Dalek. Uh, I, I, say... I
0: feel like yeah, this is the result of like a lot of back and forth over the title, and like screw it, just call it Dalek. Yeah, just no one's no clue. one's ever
2: called it Dalek.
0: It's one word. Won't mistake it for anything else. Like it's exactly <laughs> what you get on the tin. You get a Dalek. You don't get two. Yeah. You don't get zero. Just exactly one. one.
2: Just yeah. one. Just just like Genesis of the Daleks, perhaps should have been called the Three Daleks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the Dalek. Uh, but yeah, maybe better, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they should have called it the Metaltron. Um, I don't know. You don't know, no. really preserve a the secret there. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but before we get to that, let's enter the feedback loop where we talk about the week in the show itself. We get super meta. So, Pete, what's been what's been going on with Portal? Well,
0: let's start with the "you knew this was coming" moment of "Hey guys, we love reviews. Reviews are a thing that podcasts uh, are really thrive on." if you haven't left a review of the show please go into the apple podcast store if you can or the app and leave a review doesn't have to be very long reviews really do help visibility of the show in that app okay moving on (laughs) mercifully this week because we just have so much to talk about um first of all youtube is continuing to grow it's been great we've got a lot of new subscribers there thank you very much everyone who's subscribing here on youtube if that's where you're watching Uh, It'd be great if you could share the channel with your friends and also don't forget to hit that I guess it's a bell icon uh, whatever it takes to sort of turn on those notifications when we post new content and we keep posting new content as you know every Wednesday we're posting uh, there are older episodes that were never cut to video before that's like season two of full to open those are all coming there and the new stuff is coming every saturday you're getting all of our plot summers and summaries in video form and you're getting all the tiktok videos which are just really social shorts those are all here too so please indulge indulge here on the youtubes yes uh like
2: subscribe and exterminate that notifications button just smash it so hard stick your sucker right on that subscribe button
0: yeah i want to see that button going negative
2: (laughs) exactly with a little skeleton yeah <laughs>
0: <As> it... <laughs> Bell. Someone Photoshop that. I'll throw that in the show notes. That'd be amazing. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, so guys, yeah. moving on uh, really quickly through this because man, we really want to talk about Dalek among other things. Uh, <laughs> but we the social is doing great. TikTok. Uh, we've actually. Uh, we're, I feel like we're really back on TikTok. Over the summer, we were. You know, our schedule was a little off here and there and we weren't as consistent about uploading there we're back and we've actually had our first viral hit in a while um and it's on one of our time flight videos first of all by the way you can follow us there at pull to open uh all one word uh but our time flight videos from that podcast are all up there now and the one about tegan's leaving scene in that episode mm. is leaving, really quote unquote leaving yeah. quote unquote mm-hmm. um has really resonated with the audience. And that's really no surprise, given what the events of the power of the Doctor turned out to be. Mm, uh, return. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people who saw that and might not be uh, fully aware of Tegan's history. And Time Flight is a big sort of landmark episode in that history. So For we sure. had a couple great comments on that, uh, that video. And oh, here they are. Uh, the first comment is from a user named LJ. And I kind of, I want to highlight this comment. It's going to sound like I'm correcting them a bit, but I think it's a different interpretation. So uh, please, no one, especially you, LJ, who a great, being a great follower and commenter, don't don't take offense to this at all. But uh, uh, the comment goes first, they didn't have the closest relationship, to be fair. Even when she comes back, he's kind of like, oh, well, this Sorry. is like heart emotion, heart emoji.
2: <laughs> Right, right, uh, heart, heart all over the face emoji. Yeah,
0: and this uh, refers to like a, a scene where she comes back in Arc of Infinity, and this is happy, mm-hmm. and the Doctor just kind of smiles. Oh, seems like we're, you're back with us. But I, I feel like that's not the Doctor. That's that is emotional for the Doctor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he does, he does not express himself well. One of the things that I think is well established, classic series and new, the Doctor is not a great communicator, and really in touch with his feelings. He's not that emotionally mature.
2: Yeah, remember even even yeah. in New Who, like he has to carry uh, flashcards around with him to, yeah. <laughs> to remind himself how to say emotional things, right? Uh, I'm yeah. sorry I left you in Aberdeen, etc, uh, etc. Et right? Uh, so, yeah, that's you know, maybe I don't want to presume that that LJ is is not British or is not familiar with the British, but we're we are rather reserved emotionally. That's kind of kind of a <laughs> thing. It's kind of, thing, it's yeah. kind of a, like our biggest compliment on anything is to say that it's not bad. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's acceptable.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I... I... I do think the the doctor like has deep love for Tegan. And yes. even by, by time flight. In fact, the fact that he abandons her, and I'm kind of answering the thing mm. that I brought up in the video here, mm. the fact that he goes out and basically looks for any excuse to abandon her, I believe, is probably because he is getting very attached to her, hates goodbyes, and just is kind of breaking up with her before mm. she can do it to him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole logic there, honestly. And Classic tactic. Yeah. And so you, and you really like, I mean, her actual leaving scene, and I don't want to get too into it because we'll get to it when we do Resurrection of the Daleks, but it's, it's mm. kind of gut wrenching and it's kind of gut wrenching mm. for the doctor. You can tell like he's on the verge of like losing it when yeah. she goes in, in the way she does because it's so tragic. And uh, it's, 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 there, there is a very emotional, this is really why I think that Tegan yeah. is, is the doctor, fifth doctor's best companion. And, and Davison so liked it brought her back.
2: It's, it's, it's funny watching Davison, uh, like he, he totally, he's a young doctor, but he totally has that British reserve and he's always trying to put a smiling face on things. He's a very optimistic doctor. So yeah, he's, he's yeah. not not particularly great with goodbyes.
0: And I, I'll just say, I meant to say this before I went into that thought, but this second TikTok comment helped mm-hmm. crystallize my thoughts on that. And it's from mm-hmm. another user called Lou <laughs> Lou FF 4 tw Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I guess Fantastic Four weather of the Wind, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Doctor hates goodbyes, and he believes she doesn't want to be with him anymore. So extra worse. Oh, yeah. Right? And, yeah, and he believes that, and it's like, it's such a good again confirmation the doctor's bad at communicating like if they just had a conversation yeah all right. of this would have been...
2: <laughs> i mean that th- this really uh coming after the power of the doctor just proves that even jody isn't great i mean yes mm. she has a wonderful leaving scene with Yaz, but what about dan what about the way she just yeah. drops off dan jumps back in the tardis like see ya bye not gonna do goodbyes bye uh, in fact doesn't mm. she even have that line something like oh yeah. not good goodbyes, i'm off uh, and then okay. Yaz like gives him a proper goodbye
0: yeah been fun dan see ya yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah off now gonna go cry cry quietly behind the store um yeah, yeah. Aww. oh poor, doctor. Dan. poor dan anyways
0: <laughs> thank you so much uh tiktok followers always keep those comments coming we love interacting with you there and we also love interacting with folks on our other socials instagram and twitter where we're at pull to open 63 Twitter lately, of course, has been a buzz, a buzz with Doctor Who activity. Oh my it's been goodness. great to sort of participate that in that uh, as much as we can. So uh, feel free to drop us a line there or comment. Yeah. Talk uh, about
2: it. Uh, like it does feel like we're in a Doctor Who social media renaissance after Power of the Doctor, uh, and you know, not surprisingly, so given the ending, right? I mean. Mm. uh we did uh we should mention go back and listen to the last five minutes of uh, the, our time flight episode with chris burgess i believe chris brings up the rumor that uh it is going to end with jody regenerating into tenant and i think i said if they do that you know uh like i didn't want to commit myself but i was like if if they do that it has to end with what 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 it has to be the final line <laughs> of dialogue. Indeed, it was like there's just no, you know, sometimes you you know RTD well enough, you know his stuff well enough, you kind of know where he's going to go on this, and where he's going to go is the biggest brain breaking cliffhanger that he can possibly think of to have your head cannon whirring for the next year, which is how long we're going to have to wait until the uh the 60th anniversary special.
0: Yeah, I got to say, and by the way, I think we're emerging from the feedback loop here yes. <laughs> into uh, our quick... Okay, so r- rules of the game on Power of the Doctor now, because we don't want to digress too much. Yes. You and I get one thought only mm-hmm. <laughs> to express on this podcast on the Power of the Doctor, because otherwise it's just going to open the floodgates and it's this will be the Power of the Doctor podcast. So indeed, yeah, yeah. One we, thought each. We and,
2: don't want to get overwhelmed. We don't want yeah, to be uh, uh, sitting here... Cheated. It,
1: <laughs> we
0: already cheated a bit with the <laughs> a little <job>. bit
1: <laughs> yeah because
2: it's just so much it's so dense it's so rich uh, but my one thought is I'll reduce it to one word and one pronunciation of one word which is master um, mm. I'll, I'll make it masterful if it, if you will uh, because it had been pointed out before the episode that Sasha Dewan is the first actor to pronounce it master rather than master Right, mm. and I I sort of feel that growing up. Quick diversion into Chris's history corner. Uh, my my personal history corner. I grew up in the northeast of England. Uh, where in the north of England we say we say bath, uh, rather than bath, which is a very southern thing. Uh, you know, path rather than path. So I I should have grown up saying master. Uh, I did not. I said master, and I believe that is entirely due to Doctor Who. <laughs> it's entirely wow. entirely because of Anthony Ainley uh, that I, mm. I you know, when in our Church of England school, we used to sing that hymn, he who would valiant be against all disaster, let, let him with constancy follow the master. I lose some mm. love singing that line. Um, <laughs> so the master point being, the master in this episode is amazing. Uh, I did listen to a few sort of uh, podcasty reactions to Power of the Doctor. And was surprised that a lot of them sort of just didn't seem to get the, what the Master's uh, Dalek plan, as it were, as he says, uh, was in this. Like, you know, what is the Master's overall plan here? Why? How does he think he's going to take over the universe this way? Why doesn't he just bounce around the universe pretending to be the Doctor in the TARDIS anyway, since he's got a TARDIS that looks like a police box? Um, and that just seemed to me to totally miss the character of the Master because his whole thing is that he doesn't exist without the Doctor. And what we got in the power of the doctor was the most uh interiority to to use a fancy word uh, <laughs> from the master that I think we've had since um, you know since uh, sound of drums last the time Lords, right where we yeah. we discovered that the doctor has the uh, the Doctor Who theme running in his head <laughs> the sound of drums. Um, here we get the master saying, you know don't don't make me be myself again, like I, I wanted to be you." Right um like that was yeah. so but also dewan's performance i mean the rasputin yeah. song um the wonderful like the line that re- that made me laugh the hardest in the entire episode is where ace says to him last time i saw you you were half cat and yeah. the master just says man's allowed to experiment <laughs> love that so much such one was like he was given full license to be as nutty as he possibly could be um yeah. and i just oh. I, I, oh, he was uh, he was all over the place in a good way like his his just crazy doctor who cosplay where he much yeah. <laughs> right. in like question mark shirt, you know, uh, he's on his way
0: to Gallifrey One, you know. Yes,
2: <laughs> it's so good, and he's got the earring as well. And so it's not really played for laughs, because of course you know a, a uh, male presenting a character like like this generation of the Master can wear female clothing. So what? But it's it, he's just sort of presented as a nutty Doctor Who fan, because he's just mixing all the regenerations together, right? And his outfit. And that just seems to me to get right at the character of the Doctor, like uh, of of the
0: Master, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he was great. And honestly, I kind of hope it's his last episode as a Master, Mm -hmm. not that I didn't like him. I I loved him. Yes. But I'm like, how do you top that? Yeah, yeah, you you can't. it's he said like, yeah. Sasha
2: Dewan has gone on record saying he would he would like to play the master again. Obviously that's up to Russell T. Davies. But uh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is like a Baby Yoda situation where yeah. I you know, I felt Baby Yoda should have exited Mandalorian at the end of season right. two, even though we yeah. all love him. Uh, it was just the perfect exit. And this is the perfect yeah. exit for Sasha Dewan.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm you know, I'm sure in some way he'll be back, whether it's a big finish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but like again, in terms of if that's his swan song he went out on top man that was amazing so so my one thought it's a little meta mm-hmm. but remember it, prior to uh power of the doctor we were talking about well what are they going to do with the timeless child arc it's kind of like this is a thing that he did it's a signature thing how's mm-hmm. he going to wrap it up and he kind of didn't except counter view he he kind of did in he, that he did by not doing yeah he he exactly he did it by not doing it and this is ultimately why i think the power of the doctor ultimately uh i hope it, i feel this way i think but it, it made my I, I i now have made peace with that storyline which i really didn't like spoiler alert i think anyone who's listened to me <laughs> the last couple of years i mean it's like all right like you know it's part of it's part of the show but it's it's not it's not a thing i i'm a big fan of but i sort of made my peace with it because it's it's I see it now. Well, it's kind of there in, in subtle ways, right? So it's like you can infer from the master's plan to regenerate, to force the doctor to regenerate into him that mm. he essentially takes over the doctor's body yeah. and therefore he's now the timeless child. He's the special one and he also has an infinite regeneration. So there is a logic yes. to it beyond just his clear issues with the doctor and needing to one-up them and be them being the most important person in in the master's life yeah so yeah closing closing the book
2: on the timeless child i think was was like we we can now see what tribunal was going for which is that he just he wanted to kind of brain Morbius this you know yeah just wanted to have the vague sense that the doctor has had more regenerations than you know about unfortunately Mm. he didn't really make it vague right like the timeless very very specific plot uh you can look back and see how he tried to make it a bit vague like with all the stuff at the irish police station like you know is this a dream what's happening you know the the cliff edge does make another reappearance here right so that was one right yeah but yeah, we can we can just see that he kind of just like wanted yeah. to add this vague thing to canon, and he overshot.
0: He did, and but with here by not bringing it up, mm-hmm. I think it was the right call. The subtle references with the the master's plan, as well as he kind of says like, uh, I forget what it was, but it's like, it, it's, was this the first time? Maybe, maybe not. You're for the, you, you were forced to regenerate once, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe more than once. Who knows? You yes. know, he kind of says that at one point, so. That was kind of a vague reference to it, but ultimately, what this got me to think of the timeless child as is exactly your point. It's like Brain of Morbius, or like the Valyard, right? Mm-hmm, both are canon, mm-hmm. like both explicit, but we just kind of like, eh, let's just let's just never talk about that again. Let's just move on, you know? Like that's yeah. and that's honestly like it, it, there's actually a little bit about this in the, one of the books I like about the history of Doctor Who, a, a history where it's like this is what you do. You it's it's sort of like your canon, right? Not mm-hmm. just head canon, but like what. Throw out the stuff you don't like, include the stuff you do, and eventually this will become, you know, 10, 15 years in the past, and maybe someone will do something with it. But if everyone just ignores it, which I kind of hope they do, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just not there. So, well,
1: you know.
2: as you said earlier, Big Finish is good at filling in this stuff. We do yes. have a fugitive doctor series coming, I believe, because you know her character was kind of sold a bit short by just being a hologram. Yeah. Uh, so. Looking forward to Big Finish once again, like almost like the Clara Splinter who we often bring up on the show, like just cleaning up the doctor's mess <laughs> and, and in this case, cleaning up the show's mess and, and its loose ends. Like yeah, like, yeah, we'll we'll wait to see what Big Finish does with it.
0: Okay, guys, last bit of other business, I promise. We're gonna start talking about Dalek very, very soon. But we also have to talk like there's like in addition to the power of the Doctor, there was also like a good chunk of Doctor Who news. Yes. And the biggest headline of which is that the BBC is now partnering with Disney Plus. Again, this is old news to everyone listening, but uh that that outside of the, the UK, if you wanna watch Doctor Who, now it's a streaming show. And yeah. you got to subscribe to Disney Plus for it, and this is a massive deal. I have to say, like this is this is a big landmark moment in the history of like the 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 show itself, mm-hmm. the production and distribution of the show. Because one, I, I never would have called this twelve years ago <laughs> when when BBC America took over, and it seemed like that was going to be the strategy going forward. That yeah. we would one day see it depart the properties. Which again, I'm not saying it's not. It's a surprise. It's not like given how media has evolved and how the BBC and and their digital strategy has changed and their cable strategy has changed abroad. But holy cow! Like just looking at the history of it, like what mm. what a pivot from really? this. Yeah,
2: and I, I, I think it's a generally positive one. I mean, my my first reaction was uh, that I tweeted about was like, did did seven year old me wish really hard because like now right. Star Wars and. Doctor Who are going to be available, you know, in their entirety, I I would hope, on the yeah. same platform. Uh, BBC America, AMC, you know, plus never worked for me because it meant that you had ads, you had ads in the middle of Doctor Who when you yeah. were watching it first time in the US. Doctor Who was never meant to have advertising in it, ever. Really? And it's so, it's so jarring for me as a British fan to see that here in the US. I gotta um, say,
0: and there were so many ads during the Power of the Doctor. I watched oh the live broadcast god. on BBC yeah. America, and it was like, oh man, like, no. that's. And they were, you know, the the way ads are on cable these days. It's you know they repeat the same ads yeah. many, many times in a two hour stretch, and you're just like, oh, good god. And like you can't,
2: like, you know, in, in America, writers, uh, TV writers are sort of built to, like, expect ad breaks. You know, so you mm-hmm. sort of structure yeah. the show
0: that way. Yeah, you're, uh, you structure the acts around ad breaks, yeah. for sure. And even, yeah. like, shows that are really skilled at that do things like cliffhangers. And I, I remember Buffy and Angel, because mm-hmm. Joss Whedon wrote them for, and then was, they were written for U.S. I mean, every ad break, usually, is sort of a, a sudden cliffhanger. It's really great.
2: Right, right. You get the audio sting of an orchestra yep. rising to a note and then yep. cut, fade to black. You know, you always have to sort of build the commercial in your own head when you're, say, watching Buffy now. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm glad that that's not going to be an issue now. I think the Disney Plus thing is great for that. Uh, do we know, and is perhaps the new slash old diamond logo which i love so much yeah. um is that a hint that uh we are it's no longer going to be on Britbox that we are going to get all of the classic who on Disney plus as well do we know anything about that
0: that'd be amazing we don't know no confirmation either way mm. on that i was very curious uh, I think it's another podcast to mm. talk about the logo and what it might represent going forward. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to read too much in the logo. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. It is way cool updating of it. Oh my but the God. last thing I want to say about the Disney Plus thing is that this is such a big deal, um, I think also from a partnership aspect. So in addition to the part, like the, the existence of the partnership, which was predicted, is big news in itself. But yeah. how they announced it uh, Shuti Gatwa made an appearance. Uh, as we all know, Shooty is the 15th doctor and is mm-hmm. uh going to take over from Tennant yeah. at some point. Um, but he made an appearance on Kelly and Ryan uh, here in the States to basically make the announcement. Which, again, it's think about that he comes to America, but mm. also like Kelly and Ryan, it's ABC, it's Disney. Yep, so they're. I think they're not just going to be a distributor here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's not to say they're going to have like creative control or whatever. Maybe they do. I don't know, but I think they're going to have more influence than uh, you might think. And yeah, I don't it's necessarily not- think that's a terrible thing, but it is like, there's going to be like just the inherent nature of this partnership. There's so much stakes riding on both uh, on, on both sides that it's it, there. There's, they're going to have more to do than just be the place where you pr- you, you click play. They they are definitely
2: I mean what Disney is great at is uh, advertising like we were complaining that the power of the doctor like the, the you know the the word we never knew when it was coming like the trailers seemed sort of haphazard like you know we've had this complaint for a few no- years now that it's like we we don't know when new new doctor who is out the marketing right. hasn't been great Disney is hella good at marketing and that's mm-hmm. mostly what they do uh, there was a Daily Telegraph story that came out this week I just want to say to any American fans really just don't believe what the Daily Telegraph says on anything, first of all. They they're kind of they they're a very Brexity paper. They're kind of off the deep ends. They used to be reliable. Important, they're really not so much anymore. They're important trying to be,
0: media uh, tips here on Pull to Open. It's a new yeah. segment.
2: <laughs> but also if you're worried about Disney Plus, like the the article basically said Disney Plus is going to have some measure of creative control or Disney's going to have measure of creative mm. control. Yeah that's quite it. That's yeah. not it. It's not yeah. it, and and I just wanted to share as as a Star Wars fan. Like I, I've been fighting this for years. When fans are like, you know, Disney is ruining Star Wars, or Disney is now in charge of Star Wars. Well, you know, we never said that for Pixar. We never said that for Marvel. They they are yeah. Disney. Why do you know? It's, it's kind of weird that we never talked about Lucasfilm as its own entity, but it is. And I, I just want to share the words of um, Timothy Zahn, who's a famous Star Wars author, when he was describing. Uh we were on book tour together briefly. He was describing like the relationship between Disney and Lucasfilm. He's like, what happens is Disney brings one dump truck of money up to Lucasfilm on a Monday, dumps it off, co- <laughs> comes back on Friday with two dump trucks <laughs> to collect the profits. That's Disney. That's what they do. They give their creators creative control. You know, yeah. there may be a little bit of, you know, behind the scenes pressure here and there, one or two other things, but they don't like come in and stomp their big foot over everything and like just, you know, Don't worry. And certainly RTD is not going to like what he's there's going to be a Disney person watching over his shoulder as he's late, you know, late night typing away in his scripts with a cigarette in his mouth in in Wales. No, not going to happen.
0: Yeah, there's not going to I don't think there's going to be anything like that uh, in terms Mm of that pressure and and whatever. But I do think it's just because he he can't get it out of his head. And anyone working on Doctor Who can't not think that, oh, this is like it's going to be on a Disney Plus show on mm. that app in the same place that uh and and the mandalorian and all the marvel stuff is and that's that's your audience in the world yeah. you know yeah. and that's like what effect that has maybe it's nothing i don't think it's nothing i think it's something but it, it's mm. certainly not that top down pressure that i think a lot of people misread yeah i think that's not it but it is if... like it will have influence is all i'm saying
2: if it helps, think of RTD as the new Kevin Kevin Feige, like you know yeah. the way that he has total control over over the Marvel meta story, as it were. Yeah. Uh, you know, RTD is an award winning screenwriter. Like he, he, just everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. He's he's going to have Disney's total confidence. So don't even, yeah. don't even stress.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But again, to to the original point, I'm just glad I'm going to save some money. Going forward, yeah, I don't seriously. have to do HBO Max anymore. That's a pricey <laughs> subscription, man.
2: Oh, sorry, HBO Max.
0: Yeah, as much as I love those social media guys, they were very responsive. Remember that way back? We had mm. corrected the spelling of In the Forest of the Night. And it yes. was K-N-I-G-H-T. And yeah. Messaged them, and they fixed that. Boom, lickety-split. So... Yeah. No, no offense HBO Max, but you are a pricey subscription.
2: Well, maybe by the time we get there, Disney will have just bought up all of HBO Max <laughs> as well.
0: They're just <laughs> on a yeah. tear
2: of uh-huh. collecting properties. So,
0: All right. Yeah. So we really weren't stalling, guys. There's just so much to talk about. <laughs> uh, I kind of might have been a little bit stalling.
2: Yeah, you, now... you might be stalling like Stallman because it is time to do TLDW. Uh, which is what we do every week on this podcast we summarize the show that we're talking about in this case in case you forgot from 20 minutes ago, Dalek. Um, it was actually 30 minutes
0: ago, Chris. So <laughs> I might have to start this episode with a bit of a disclaimer. I might have <laughs> to Guys, we really went on. If you, we want want to, fast forward. if
2: you want to fast forward, just jump in half an hour, uh, uh, and you'll get to the Dalek part. So every week we do TLDW, too long, didn't watch, too long, Doctor Who, too long, did watch, in the case of Dalek, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, too long, Dalek watch. Um <laughs> Uh, where one of us attempts to summarize the show in record time in one minute per new who episode which is what this is and uh pete it is your turn
0: it's my turn, it's I your say, turn. A little, there's, a, there's a lot of inherent pressure in on this one i'm i think i'm ready for it but yeah you know, after we'll doing the Runaway
2: after. Bride, like we've we've you know regular fans know we we've been through a lot of classic Who, so coming back to new Who, it was like our, our muscles, our story summary muscles were not quite built up enough for these, you know, relatively fast store fast paced stories. So it's it's a bit tough. I think this is this the no no you, you you've done some new Who stuff recently into your DW. Did uh, I do did...
0: the Witchfinders? Yeah, I think you did. You Might have uh, done that one.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of us because we went to Rosa and the Witchfinders. Like one of us did one, one of us did the
1: other. So I yeah. think we're
2: ready. I think you're good for this. You know, I, it I'm is still working out. Yeah, it's one location. <laughs> okay. A you know, simple cast of characters, not to put any pressure on it. But I think you're, I think you're good. So. No, are the you... only
0: thing keeping pressure on me is my yes. webcam that I'm staring down like a Dalek iris right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a bit of a blue glow, I gotta yeah. say. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 we do close all our tabs like we are flying blind when we do TLDW. So, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Here comes the official pull-to-open summary of Dalek in one minute.
0: In three, two, one. Go. Rose and the doctor materialize in a facility in Utah. It's underground, and it's a place where they keep a lot of alien artifacts as well as an actual living alien. Uh, It actually turns out that this living alien is a Dalek uh and it's the arch nemesis of the doctor obviously he wants to kill it but he's captured rose ends up ac- accidentally freeing the dalek by touching it and it breaks loose it repairs itself by tapping into the base's power and starts slaughtering everyone there the doctor tries to stop it by keeping it sealed but it seemingly kills seconds. rose and uh he lets it loose when he realizes rose is actually alive but so it turns out, plot twist: the Dalek has been mutating because of what it did. It had to sort of take her genetic material to regenerate itself, so it's becoming more emotional, more more human in a sense. And even though it wants to kill the person who's been torturing it that whole time, it's Rose talks uh, the Dalek out of it and almost frees it. But the Doctor nearly kills it. The Dalek, Rose stops him from doing that, and the Dalek ends up actually killing itself uh, because it's mutation is something that isn't Dalek, and that's terrible for it. <laughs> <An elite. Hey. laughs> With a new companion named Adam, ah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's that
2: I mean, Adam like <sighs> Uh, it's it's such a thing with Dalek, right? That uh, ooh, Adam's a companion because he traveled in the uh, TARDIS once. Uh, I think we may need to you know rewrite the rules on who's a companion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> I'm sorry, man. It is uh, we could we could start there if you want. I like it is. I got I got his. He's kind of a companion. He went to the far future and got the thing in his head. But maybe that's a, a debate. Well, a long year, too much.
1: Kate
2: Stewart, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart is a companion now, now that she's traveled in the TARDIS and the Power of the Doctor.
0: Well, she she was in the support group, I guess. I guess she was just recruiting. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, summary. I think I got most of it. I did uh, probably, I think it was all right. I got like plus two seconds or something. Yeah, Uh, I think you got that. I think you got that. Good
2: good job. Good job. It is, I think uh, it is deceptive, like the Dalek itself. It's kind of Hmm. deceptive uh deceptively powerless in a summarizing
0: way um but i think there was, but, there was a uh, lot of rabbit holes that could have gone down but we're going to totally. go down most of them now um but man i just, just started off like this is such a triumph for the new, yeah. new who and it's such a pivotal episode in the whole series but for, for Doctor Who at the time which was really like it was back and it was just starting to prove itself and showing kind of what kind of show it is uh, to to this like all eyes were on this episode from mm-hmm. the the existing fans like if they screwed this up yeah. like it's over you know what yeah. I mean like this shows a flop like you got to bring back the the ser- series premiere monsters and you got to do it well and yeah. not only did they do it well they, this a home run like, oh, yeah. holy cow, not, not only did they give all the fan service, and I would even say, argue, a lot of it's not necessarily fan service. Just making really. the Daleks, updating it, and making them formidable opponents. Like, that's just what you need to do in the show for it to work at all. It's uh, not fan
2: service. It's it, If anything, it's casual fan service. It's... yeah. Oh, you've been making exactly. jokes about Daleks and stairs for years? Like, we're really going to lean into the Dalek stairs thing. We'll get to mm-hmm. why, you know, Remembrance of the Daleks got there first. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it is important to situate ourselves in space and time, first of all, that this is season one. This is this is the show proving itself. This is Eccleston still figuring out his character, the Doctor, still proving himself. And think about what came before this. Like, what what do we have? Rose, it, it's an okay opener like it, it does the job uh the uh oh god the end of the world was was the uh going forwards in time to the end of the earth one yeah again Eh, you know yeah we've seen that before yeah. eh, it's okay uh you know the unquiet dead okay cool got a cool guest star uh you know aliens of london world war three hmm you know, <laughs> you might say
0: it's split fans of the show, <laughs> yeah, split
2: them right down the middle of the it, head with a zip. A yeah. Oh, you can there them I did.
0: <laughs> I got you, but yeah,
2: the Salivine that you know is a bit puerile. It's like, okay, are, the, are they going a bit too much in the this is a kid's show direction, right? Um, and then you get this, and hmm. look at what happens to season one after this uh like with the possible exception of the long game which is next the simon Pegg episode we're gonna have to rewatch it i think to form an opinion on that it is one of the most extraordinary runs in doctor who history from this onwards mm-hmm. right to the through the end of eccleston you know we've got father's day we've got empty child doctor dances. We've got bad wolf part of the ways. I even like Boomtown. Like that was a yeah, very Boomtown's nice, good. you know, just sort of slow the pace down a little bit you know, doctor has dinner with a Sladeen, you know, basically it, uh, you know, you kind of need those, you know, not everyone can be a banger, those subtler, quieter, yeah. more philosophical totally. episodes, but that, that run, I mean, I remember I was watching it at the time and I think I, I watched Rose and I was like, uh, eh, OK, you know, and I watched a few more. And, eh. I did not actually see Dalek until the next year because I just kind of tapped out at that point. Mm. Yeah. And the, more fool me. Uh, because, yeah, this is also where Eccleston comes into his own as, as the scared doctor, as the, you know, uh, last of his race doctor like we hadn't really explored that we hadn't talked about the time war too much it had mm-hmm. just been teased up until that point and here it all comes out and it still gives me chills like i, I will say little meta behind the scenes pull to open thing i i normally don't go straight out from one episode of pull to open to watching the next doctor who that we that we're covering i did that this time
0: oh wow like, literally
2: like, as we hung up on the call last week i went and watched dalek i was like i'm just am just gonna set this up on my apple yeah. tv right i'm just gonna watch the first five minutes oh no no i had to watch the whole <laughs> damn thing and i would i will go further and say it's not just one of the best episodes of doctor who i think it's it's like a masterclass in tv writing in yeah general. i'd
0: agree i'd agree because yeah. it
2: is so tight
0: not a scene is wasted yeah, not a scene is wasted. Everything is all. Everything is just pivotal, and it just they get. It's everything's a ten. Yeah, throughout. Yeah, um, even though it's 9, 11. Everything's a ten. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, Eccleston. He's a ten, but he's really a nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, apparently it went through fourteen different drafts. Between uh, exactly. Robert Sherman.
0: <laughs> and, Does that include and RDD? Jubilee? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so
2: that's the so, only thing. Of course, we have to mention it's based uh, on a big finish special right. that Robert Sherman also wrote called Jubilee. Which uh, I actually started listening to last night, um, Pete. You've you have listened to it? Um, no, no,
0: I haven't. I've never listened no? to Jubilee. Oh wow! No, yeah, actually, I meant to in prep for this uh, for this edition, but I couldn't do it. Um, I've it I've has. read enough about it yeah. and enough summaries about it to know what happens. Yeah, same. Um, there's,
2: there's a single Dalek in that, um, but it's sort of in an alternate Britain timeline. It's sort of Dalek meets Inferno, right?
0: Yeah. And I think, I think some of the, all the, like they took the best elements of that, obviously. And I think virtually all of it works. I think the one thing that is still a bit of nagging question for me, and I might as well get any nitpicks I have out of the way Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. at the start, which is that you never really get a convincing explanation for why the Dalek never talks to Van Staten. And it's all implied Mm -hmm. that because he's been tortured, there's kind of this bitterness and resentment that I'm not even going to give you the time of day, but it is a weird kind of choice given Daleks who we know are generally leap at the chance to say what they're doing or, you know, just have have conversations as banal as they are. Mm. You know, it's, it's that's the one thing that I would might say I wouldn't say it's 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 a really minor nitpick I got to say, like because otherwise, like in, in terms of the story, it's completely fine. Yeah. Uh, but it is yeah. like when you when you step out of it a bit and look at Daleks broadly, it's like, OK, why why didn't you talk to him?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you can nitpick this. Uh, I certainly have my own. You have to sort of dig really deep to find the nitpicks.
0: Really deep, honestly.
2: Really That's... deep. And yeah, we don't want anything that we're going to discuss uh, to to take away the, from the brilliance of this episode, yeah. but it is explored further in, uh, Robert Sherman's target novelization of mm. Dalek where it's sort of reveal you see it, a lot of it from the Dalek point of view. And, um, you see, which really kind of makes the fact that this is a Dalek being tortured, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of really comes to the fore, but it's, they really play that up, but it's a young Dalek. That's basically mm-hmm. what they say that it doesn't really know. What it's doing, which really enhances the emotion of this episode.
0: Well, to I also just love that. that yeah, I love it generally that, mm-hmm. that 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 there's nothing special about this Dalek. It's not the supreme Dalek. It's not the cult of Scarrow. It's not the special weapons Dalek, or you know, the automatic the ice cream Dalek. It's this is just a regular, everyday soldier Dalek. That's yeah. that's I think that's an essential component of it. Honestly, I think it 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 gets across. Uh, just w- how dangerous one of just one of these things is, and really yeah. gets at the essence of what they are, because you couldn't really get at that essence but with like a special Dalek. I want you, you you want it to be the the textbook example of what these creatures, this race is, and why, because otherwise you you wouldn't get as well uh, uh, the sense of like why the Doctor has such hatred for them, because yeah this thing, this ugly thing is, is the example for its entire race.
2: Yes. Yeah. And it, it is a stand in for the race, but it's also like, it's the first time we see a sad Dalek. (laughs) <laughs> the, way, the way it lowers its eye stalk, like you really feel uh. for it. And you hear it screaming and you're super uncomfortable. Um yep. but yeah, and so it does both of these things at the same time. Like, you know, we we understand so much. You can come in as a casual fan, watch this, and you get the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I know Billy Piper on set we kind of didn't understand because she wasn't really a Who fan at that point uh she didn't understand like why people were so scared of this thing then she starts acting opposite and she gets it you know and then mm-hmm. the lines draw her in and she's like totally gets it you know so she really sells the moment of being sad for the dalek
0: yeah it definitely shows like how much uh, uh russell davies understands the daleks but also understood his job here mm-hmm. um and then you know credit to both davies and shearman because I, I know they did a lot of back and forth totally uh, those 14 versions yeah, And I think they both had sort of, uh, I think Davies had a clear vision of what this episode had to do. And Shearman had a great story uh, that just was just really riveting. And, and they both yeah. seemed to understand the Daleks well. Yeah, Shearman re-
2: brought the the idea of the single Dalek, right? Which yeah. we've never seen. Um, and, and I would like, I'd like to actually well, just quickly- We've seen,
0: th- we've seen uh, five, five doctors. <laughs> five doc- okay, okay. But like- <laughs> it's. it's
2: you know that in a you know a, a, an yeah. episode with dalek a, a story with dalek in the title like yes. this is the only Agreed. time we've seen a single single one um, I, just, I just knew the
0: fans would would come out yeah for that one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah of course we've seen single daleks in in the context of like you know multi-monster stories uh maybe we also saw a single one in uh, time of the doctor although i'm sure there were more than one in that scene but i would but- I would like to suggest that there may be a, a um, mathematical formula here at work which is the fewer daleks that you actually see on screen the better the story is because remember we went to genesis of the daleks here widely regarded as the best dalek story ever that only had three
0: mm-hmm. that's true and it's and there is see-
2: more menace because he's basically only one of them on screen at the time right
0: yeah, I mean I, I don't know if that holds up. I will say I, I think they used to boast that Asylum of the Daleks was had the most Daleks on screen ever in the like the Dalek Parliament or whatever. And I would mm. I think that lends a lot of support to your theory. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. But I with this one, the the Dalek episode obviously immediately after this one is the parting of the ways. And as mm. you were just saying, that's that's a pretty amazing one too. And that had like yeah. a whole armada of Daleks. But I think I think that works in part so well because of the contrast. Yes. Like, we've shown here how formidable just one is and now there are thousands, if not millions of these things. So uh, it's 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 a really uh, great sort of piece of just suspense uh, for that particular episode. Um, here I think it's it's really great. Like, I mean, let's, let's sort of break down a little bit what Davies mm. and, and the story has to do. Not only does it have to reintroduce the Daleks and make them more menacing and it totally succeeds, uh, but it also has to give us this new perspective on the Daleks and the doctor post time war. Mm. And that's in the hands also equally, if not more of Egelson. Mm-hmm. and holy cow, does he get it? And holy cow, does he really rise to the occasion here and make all the right choices in terms of his rage, his emotional level um you could, If you look at those early scenes in the episode and contrast them to what he becomes later, I mean there 's just such an inflection point mm. when he suddenly realizes it 's a Dalek, and he basically kind of spends the rest of the episode mostly screaming right but and yeah. rightfully so. Uh, in, and, in both
2: fear and anger yeah
0: and and you know obviously what we 're supposed to extract from this is like not just how bad the Daleks are but because they 're bad, but what they bring out in him. Mm. And, and his hatred just, it just boils over immediately. And he's, he spends lots of times, a lot of time screaming at the Dalek, apparently when he says like, I know what you deserve. Mm. And he says, exterminate in that kind of evil devilish tone. That was his yeah. idea. Um, mm. So that was, you know, kudos to, to Eggleston. Oh, my uh, God.
2: And and the, the first moment, like, I, uh, I'm curious what, you, what your kids thought of this. Because, like, t- to me, if I'm thinking back, if I was watching this as a child, like, the scariest moment would be the doctor himself, like, banging on the door when he first sees it's a Dalek. You know, yeah. let me out, let me out. Yes. Uh, like, when the do- doctor himself is that terrified, has that much PTSD, like, he's a parental figure as a child.
1: That's
0: yeah. going to be
2: terrifying. What What did your kids think?
0: They were just riveted. They were mm. just quiet. They were they were unusually quiet during the episode because it's I mean it, it's drama. It's it's pretty amazing, mm. right? Like that he's acting against this machine, this thing being operated by someone inside that's mostly design and you know is being the voice being done by Nick Briggs, who again always mm. great, but here in his first outing, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. he did other things, mm-hmm. but I mean his first outing as a Dalek, like uh, so so gets it. I mean, for obvious reasons, he'd been doing it. For audios and whatever else a lot before this, but uh they were they were just mostly, you know, riveted by it and then just were like, wow, that was really, really good. I mean, they both they both love the episode, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, I mean that that's the thing. I mean, he's very unDoctor like in this one. Uh, not only there, but like when he's screaming at the Dalek to kill itself. Just go kill yourself. And he just and again, he can't help himself. He just loses it. He just hates yeah. it so much. Uh, and he has that spittle. Yeah. on his on his on his lip and i think someone suggested oh we had a little spittle on your your lip there chris do you want to do that again should we do that again it's like no way like that was perfect, perfect. Like,
2: yeah it was perfect and and it it's all a build-up to that most undoctorish moment where he's not just pointing a gun but like practically a dimension cannon right like the <laughs> giant gun that he's got on his shoulder pointing at the dalek that he's going to destroy it yeah. and wow i mean like this, this is the, one of the ways in which that I think this is a TV writing masterclass. Is it's really just kind of explores how far from yourself you can get as a character when you're scared of something. Yeah. And, and that's definitely like the doctor becomes the war doctor in that moment. Like yeah. he's, he is about to destroy that Dalek. He's, he's more violent there
0: than we ever see uh, John Hurt later on. Yeah, not you just know. scared, but like hatred. Like yeah. it's it's both right. Like I mean, the hatred is important because it's, um, it's almost like a, a divorced couple or a couple in the middle of a yeah. divorce, right? Like yes. it, they matter so much to each other, and it's just this deep feeling that has come out of their relationship, and it's just mm-hmm. it, no nothing can no one can anger you so much as the person that had you had this deep connection with, and it's somehow that's that's because of their history. That's oh what's gosh. here, it's sheer she- hatred
2: you've just got you give me the idea of like you know they're sitting in mediation and uh, the doctor is like here's an idea kill yourself and like the mediator's just got his head in his hands like oh no, no that's this could be we, we where, talked about this
0: this could be like well this, is, this could be a fun big finish where it's like maybe it's the white guardian and the black guardian or whatever to, like, sit the doctor and the daleks down like okay guys what are we going to do here every every decade every few hundred years all of creation is threatened because of you guys yes so let's calm the f down and figure this out
2: and to that point the doctor is kind of self-aware in that he knows that his presence has done something yes i mean yeah, right. it is it is About. rose's dna that that frees the dalek but it he he stirs it up and he knows it and that yeah, may it's be the most great... self-aware we've ever seen the doctor be.
0: it's a great moment where goddard is in, yeah it's in the elevator she's like why would it be a threat now and he just answers very plainly because i'm here uh-huh. and he's he's activated something just by his presence in the you know it's the dalek hatred but basically the dalek's gonna figure something out because i'm here and it does uh-huh. and that scene i mean we got to give so much props to so many people like that scene with the uh, billy piper and the dalek and the way she plays it i mean i mean again i thought she rose and billy piper are, are were great at uh-huh. just grounding the show in you know, just realism that, you know, everyday girl, and she plays it so, so well. And she has got those big eyes. It's such a perfect scene for her that that get the sympathy. She's practically crying. Uh, And the Dalek is so manipulative here. Um, Mm -hmm. It's genius. It's a genius. Like, I mean, there's been scenes in Doctor Who where the Cybermen talk about human emotions and like, well, we want to study humans to get to know them better. And do things like this, except the Cybermen never do things like this. Like, it's like, the, <laughs> I love this is like the Daleks schooling them. in like, okay, here's how you manipulate, you know, use an understanding of emotions to manipulate. Because at this point, it's not human, right? Like, yeah. maybe it has some feelings, but clearly it's just like, okay, he, it knows what it wants. And it never says, touch me. It never yeah. like, it never plays its hand. It's just like, it's masterclass of manipulation there. It was just amazing. Yeah,
2: but is it, I mean, there aren't a lot of easy answers in Dalek, which is one of the great things about it. So you got to ask the question, is it manipulation? Like Dalek just mm-hmm. wants to be free because it is being tortured. It has, uh, it has been screaming. And and here's mm-hmm. where we, I, I think we, you know, I, it's not. It's I don't not believe
0: more... it's ever glad. <laughs> like it says like it's even capable of that i am glad i met a human who wasn't afraid of me it's like ah, uh, yeah okay maybe he's going a little bit emotion. but
2: like it doesn't have to dig very deep to do the acting here you know in terms agreed, of like <laughs> the intro and, and this is why i think we, we need to you know not not chris's, chris's history corner because everyone remembers it the war on yeah. terror Right. You know, 2005, this is where slap bang in the George W. Bush era, like we've had uh, the revelations of Abu Ghraib and waterboarding. It's very much in the news. And uh, what this show says is like it's not it's not like preaching at you because the Dalek is actually evil. It does actually want to get out and destroy things. But also like we see scenes of torture. Where that make us uncomfortable. And if we are uncomfortable torturing a goddamn Dalek, like the most yeah. evil being in the universe, and we're sort of made uncomfortable with that scene where it's being drilled into, like how does that make you feel about torture in in war in general, right? Yeah. It's maybe more effective than a bunch of, you know, sort of preachy uh, plays on the subject of the War of Terror, right? It does What science fiction does best, it goes at one remove from current events and allows you to examine them from a quote-unquote safe position, even if that safe position is behind the sofa. Um, And I I, I kind of wanted to contrast this with, did did you see Children of Men, the movie? I did, yes. Yeah. So that was maybe five years after this, but it was really trying to get at the war on terror, right? There's even that moment that is way too on the nose. Uh, where Clive Owen's character is like going past this uh, cage full of refugees and supposed terrorists, and there's one standing like the figure at Abu Ghraib with the sort of the triangular uh, mask over over his head, and it's like, you know, eh, and you're like, children of men, I get what you're going for here, bit too on the nose. But mm-hmm. if you can safely remove it to humans versus Daleks, like here, it is unquestioning that Daleks is our worst enemy. Like, we don't even have to ask the question like we did with Al-Qaeda, like, well, what are their actual motivations? We know their actual motivations, but it's still a living being. Mm-hmm. And this is why the doctor like, could have destroyed them. He, t- he could have genocided them in Genesis of the Daleks. He could have touched the two wires together. And he didn't, even mm-hmm. though he knew all of the deaths he was causing by not doing it, because there was that essential humanity or Gallifreyanity or whatever you want to call it inside him you know, that we just don't do that. We're better, right? That, that feeling. And, and by the end of this episode, he's lost it. He's gone. He's, he's full on war on terror.
0: Like he's full on
2: terrified. He's, you know, uh, he's like checking his envelopes for anthrax. He's just, you know, just so paranoid at that point. And it's so, it's a fascinating examination of where we were in the world at that time.
0: Yeah, very much. I I think, yeah, all that really resonates. Uh, I think the, The Dalek being sympathetic, it's it's not a pure Dalek, right? at towards mm-hmm. the end. So it gets a, like there's a couple of weird things where the analogy, like it's it's good analogy or it's a good uh, theme more than analogy. But it is uh, it breaks down a little bit because one, the Dalek sort of changes. and like the, that statin is just so st- sadistic. And mm-hmm. maybe we are to infer a little bit that that's just kind of what happens to dictator type people but Mm -hmm. he there's no real reason to torture the dalek other than his own ego well let's let's
2: talk about van staten we we haven't really brought him up yet uh yeah (laughs) like he's he's you know it's easy to to summarize this episode without him and he was sort of the, the character that i most forgot like watching it again which is weird because in a way he's the villain um mm-hmm. yeah. and he's just this collector and it's hinted that he's actually a shadowy conspiracy figure behind all u.s elections um and that yeah. is one of my like if it reached deep for dud notes in this i i go to uh the the scene at the start where he's like who do, who do we like for the next president uh republican or democrat uh you know and his aide says uh, Democrat, democrats and he's like why because they're just so funny uh i'm like was did that line even land at the time like the yeah. Yeah. The Democrats yeah. were sort of like divided it's, in terms of their take right. on war and terror It's all right. But it just but yeah, no, but so but he's, I hear he's, what saying. Yeah, I, I he's think the shadowy we, figure. He's a stand in for America and American power in a lot of right. ways. Right. Yes,
0: totally. And I think it's one of those it, it's kind of love it or hate it moment because it is mm. so over the top. And I think it you could only do this in series one mm. in a sense. Because um, you look at how even in Davies time, like how they played the president hmm. in the sound of drums and things that they've done with sort of president of the world with the doctor, this just feels a little cartoony. Yeah. You know, like it's just a one level above that where there's a the guy who owns the internet and uh, it. And again, that that can work. Uh, and I think that the show itself isn't sure yet. If it's are we going to be a little more on the realism side? Like I, I don't see it as like one or the mm-hmm. other. It's more of a continuum. And uh, from Rose on, like you know, I think it had more license to be this sort of style, more music video, more like this is a bit of a, uh, a an abstract version of the world um, as opposed to something more realistic. So uh, that said, I'd li- I like Van Staten. I, I think yeah. he's he's I, the guy who does him is uh, awesome. Like you love to hate him right off the bat. To our, to the what we said earlier, like not a scene is wasted. Like the, there's a lot of like character building events that, and early on, so you you know exactly where this guy is. Like there's that first scene we talked about. There's the bit where they get the toy, or not the toy, the uh, the musical instrument, which mm. both gets you to sort of respect him as uh, I guess an intellect comparable to the doctor, who can manipulate that musical instrument in the same subtle way he can, but then yeah. he immediately throws it away. Again, another great character moment. Like, hmm. you're just yeah, like, what? what? kind of dick bored, are you?
2: I'm bored <laughs> with this toy now, this alien, you know, musical instrument that, you know, it's not actually going to do anything for me. It's just going to be art, you know, screw yeah. art. There's a lovely bit in the novelization that talks about uh, the portrait of himself that he's got behind his yeah. desk and how that was made. And the fact that he went to every great portrait artist in the world until he finally found one that would debase himself you know, just doing a, you know, straight up, you're a powerful man portrait. Um But it also said that he wasn't a fool and he knew that the portrait artist was doing it ironically. Uh, But he didn't care. Um, he's just like yeah. so seduced by his own power, uh, which is kind of the, the key to Van he's, he's like, he's the ultimate yeah. proof of that, the richer you get thing, which has been confirmed by studies, the more of an asshole you are. He, 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 the more removed you are from... Regular human being life.
0: That's such a. I gotta say, if that that, that sounds awesome in a sense, like that's your power <laughs> move, right? You did it ironically. Well, I'm gonna yeah. cancel your irony with my own irony. Yes. By hiring, hanging up your ironic, painting ironically, <laughs> therefore <laughs> it actually works, and it's like, oh my god, that that somehow that works.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, not not to say the dreaded T word, but it is something you can imagine Trump doing. Like, <laughs> you know, well, I love I that don't...
0: it's just never referenced. Like no yeah. one even does a double take. You know, it's just like, oh, it's just there. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he's that guy who has this painting. It's like, that's exactly who uh, he is.
2: And maybe that's the one reason why you set this in America, because there are, there are so many reasons to not set it in America. First of all, British actors are not always great in American accents. Uh, secondly, did you notice the adopter, uh, doctor uh, tapping uh, the uh, the enter key <laughs> rather than the return key? on on his keyboard
0: right
1: Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs)
0: like
2: that that stopped me but maybe only because i know that that to be a british american i've
0: heard this criticized before i actually kind of like it well i know yeah the return versus enter sure but Mm -hmm. i i I think it's also been criticized that he's just tapping a computer key to open this Mm -hmm. thing but i like that it's like familiar right that Mm -hmm. there isn't some master switch that's super tactile they do say early on earlier that they have to do some serious computer hacking to even get the base to work because it's depleted of power. Mm. So, you know, that was fine. As much as tapping a return key or an enter key isn't super dramatic uh, uh, as, a, as a massive physical switch, I thought it was fine. Yeah.
2: Um, the, the, the other sort of real world thing we have to draw attention to is the fact that this is set in 2012, which mm. was which seemed, you know, seven years in the future. It doesn't really say, oh, I'll, I'll be uh, 26 at that exactly. point. Exactly, yep. Uh, so which just kind of maybe don't remind us that the doctor is traveling with a, a 19-year-old woman. Um, <laughs> that he's kind of falling for, yeah, you know, these days. That, that hey,
0: that's above <laughs> the age of consent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he's an adult. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it How does sort of bring now, up...
1: Chris?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, there's the... <laughs> You know, if this if this were a workplace situation, I think, you know, you'd have, what, 900-year-old 900 years, nine hundred year man <laughs> in a position of power over a 19-year-old you. Old so, you yeah. so you
0: want an 875-year <laughs> difference as opposed to an 881-year <laughs> difference. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. You, you make a fair point that it's sort of like, <laughs> what's, what's even the difference at this point? We're all 19-year-olds, okay. the doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but also there's the 2012. The fact that it's set in 2012, why? Why? There's no yeah. like, on-screen reason for that.
0: Yeah, agreed. It It is a little weird. I think, you know, honestly, again, it's Series 1. They're trying mm. to show that this is... Uh, it's a time travel show, and this is sort of what happens. And, and the, it it's just a thing that Doctor Who i think again it's done it before i mean you think about fury from the deep which we've just mm-hmm. come from. and they were definitely trying to do sort of future north sea gas um and they had to they didn't set it in a specific date and only the animation you know locks it into 1975. but yeah. it is like well let's do a little bit day after tomorrow and in that case i guess they had to show a more developed north sea gas going on but um, it also has the added benefit of like, oh, yeah, well, we're, it's a kind of a time travel show. And if you go uh, jump a few years in the future, uh, that's what you get. And I think I think that's OK. Like you can't make the show like you can't be scared to do that just because the show will probably exist at <laughs> the time that you will sort of pass. Eventually, you got to sort of take some risks and, you know, trust that the fans will make up headcanon and do whatever to fill in whatever blanks that occur and I and you can do it right because one it's not very dated in terms of like fashion or whatever um Mm -hmm. there might be some things you could pick at but you know generally there's nothing here overtly you know 2012 or 2005 even in it um plus the stuff that's happened since which people have talked about which is like oh the daleks are publicly outed in both doomsday and journey's end Everyone should know the Daleks. In fact, the show makes right. reference of that with Amy. Well, not only does it do that, it shows that Amy forgot, right? So yeah. you could always just say, well, the cracks in time, uh, everyone mm. forgot, including that
2: mm-hmm yeah i also imagine that van satan is not not a not a big reader of like uk news he's not going <laughs> to see the battle of canary Wharf, and maybe he's in his own sort of
0: media bubble yeah you well, you know? adam <laughs> should... would mention something
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah this you know this thing you're calling a metal tron i think i might have seen something about it on the news somewhere oh, that's yeah. right battle of canary Wharf. um yeah uh should,
0: uh, should I, we I, should we talk I, briefly about adam Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As uh, it it sort of, it was surprising to me that Rose kind of immediately goes for him. Like she starts flirting the heck out of her her scene with him.
0: Um, Well, so far, it's the only person her age, roughly, right? That she's kind of run into. I mean, apart from Mickey, who's already her boyfriend, kind of. Yeah, yeah, who was very quickly forgotten in that
2: moment. Uh <laughs> <laughs> like let me let me bat my eyelashes at you while I'm looking
0: over my uh my uh bare shoulder. Um you know So like Adam I think is as a character is reasonably well thought out for this his mm-hmm. very limited run of the two episodes. Cause here um he's he's kind of likable off the bat, you know, like yeah, he's yeah. kind of the young guy who's like a little bit smarter than van staten in some ways and he he's a bit more of a uh safer for the male audience i guess because you mm-hmm. know he's he's kind of nerdy he's got a thing for rose um but you big also into is computers big, yeah. big mm-hmm. into computers you know but he's also he's clearly got a bit of an opportunistic side to him yeah you know and then you'd which, have to to which work turns a little, staten, yeah. exactly you turn a little he turns a little dark in episode his next episode where he sort of uh kind of betrays the doctor and by you know getting that surgery for himself um and he also has his own stash of weapons here which again turns out to be save everybody but at the same well almost save it like i guess the dalek technically saves everybody by killing itself but uh (laughs) it's it's it shows that he's you know he's a smart dude and and can can steer things in his um in in his direction so I, i think he works um, and I you know you also feel like, oh, the doctor's believably annoyed by him uh, yes yeah Get yeah he's based he,
2: he, yeah, it does definitely sort of set up a form for the doctor to be kind of uh annoyed at people who are kind of you know getting in the way of his quote unquote girlfriends i mean we we saw it with uh Louis the 14th in uh go on the fireplace right he's mm-hmm. the the way he sort of brushes him aside um yeah you're the king i'm the doctor um
1: <laughs>
2: yeah you know there's, it, it definitely establishes a lot of things there speaking of the doctor uh as a uh a thing that i forgot and as sort of not not quite asexual being but at least a semi-naked being um like uh-huh. i've forgotten eccleston gets shirtless in this yeah. and we oh, were talking yeah. about shirtless doctor who episodes in uh, spearhead from space we were asking if it right. happened. Uh, ever at any other point in classic who well you know here's here's the first time it happens in new who Um, yeah like
0: i said there like pretty much every doctor in new who has had a shirtless scene i think it's like probably in their contract (laughs) yep so we've had tenant in i think journey's end uh we've had matt smith a bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) now the capaldi i'm pretty sure capaldi must have I don't know. That's a good question.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, this this is so sort of like it's so it's such a James yeah. Bond moment where he's he's strapped to a thing, and you know they 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 look like they've oiled him down. Um,
0: but uh,
2: yeah, yeah. If you're, if well, you're, again. Uh, Eccleston fan, like that's got to be one of your top
0: scenes. Well, not a scene's wasted again. You get more of this, a little bit, even more of that statin. Like every time we see him in that first half of the episode, there's there's more layers to this manipulative guy. He talks about how he would instead of curing the common cold, he'd do a, a million palliatives and just make mm-hmm. tons of money on it. Uh, but also, the scene serves as the first reminder in the new series that the Doctor has two hearts. Yes, so that's a big deal. Good and point. Bit by bit, in the series, they're they're throwing in these classic Who things, almost Easter eggs, mm. um, and it sort of like comes to a culmination in school reunion when, you know, up until then, it it, it, it there was never really direct reference. Right. To the classic series, like things, specific events in the classic series.
2: Right, so, right. And then Sarah yeah.
0: Jane uh, brings it all back. Speaking of uh, the the x
2: ray of the doctor they uh, take there, this is kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of the first time we see the new extermination. Uh, you know, in, in the classic series, extermination was they, they would go negative, mm-hmm. you know, they just negativize the film when you get exterminated which was scary enough in itself then for like literally blink and you miss it there's one moment in uh remembrance of the daleks right. sylvester mccoy episode where you see the skeleton for the first time it's uh, like no one blinks see. by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't that blink. was a hard one to miss that was yeah. a hard one to miss
2: But like it's super fast CGI, but here you really see it. You really see the skeleton inside and it's such a good effect. Oh my God. It is so powerful. And, uh, it is, it reminds you of what is most scary about the Daleks. Like for me growing up in classic who, uh, the, the negative thing when you get exterminated was scary enough. Like it's a simple enough effect, but it's so spooky when you see it, um, and and yeah. what Art, what RTD has said about this episode, uh, you know, like you know, not not even the political stuff behind it, but like the overarching metaphor of it. Uh, when you see a Dalek like this killing so many people, this is about death. Mm-hmm. This this is literally about death. It's about Daleks being the Grim Reaper. You know, they're just unstoppable. They'll they'll come to us all eventually. Uh, you know, they they become death, destroyer of humans. You know, and, yeah, and I think- uh, can't reason with them. And like that that happens
0: again and again honestly i think davie's this is he just shows how much he understands the daleks mm-hmm. and what how to use them in doctor who i mean it's really kind of not a dalek episode if there are tons of people slaughtered mm-hmm. and someone at least one person you care about you know that yeah. you really have to like otherwise like why why have them i mean that's that's what they're all about just killing everything so here, even that guy, that one guard that we just talked about, who's the first skeleton negative effects, mm. you get a little. They don't get much of his character. Apparently, there was tons of stuff cut, and there was way more. Uh, by the way, Adam was originally supposed to be like Ben Staten's son, which was a yeah, a, a, would have been a weird twist. But anyway, that there's, there's those two guards who help uh, Rose and uh, Adam get out of the. Vault, and the the one guy dies right away. Apparently, had more lines, and the the woman who eventually gets to the staircase, uh and is has a, has sort of a memorable death. Um, yeah, there was just tons of stuff, but yeah, he really gets it, and he really gets that like the 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 Dalek. Well, you know what's interesting about it? This is a cool thing. I don't I don't know if you caught this, but the Dalek doesn't actually say exterminate until it goes up and is about to kill Van Staton. Mm a silent killer like i love how the episode makes you wait for that yeah like well it says exterminate sorry it says exterminate to the doctor my bad my bad my bad but it doesn't it right. exterminate when he kill like when it's killing people is what i what i mean
2: yeah, yeah yeah it's just it's just a killing machine and and perhaps it's it is such a young dalek that it hasn't uh it didn't go to when you say exterminate class um uh you know but it's interesting actually, like it doesn't say it um, and it's also interesting in the context of like um uh the witch is familiar you know when we learn that you know darks like when whenever they're really trying to say anything like you know uh, uh missy has clara say uh i love you or something like inside the dark and it comes out as exterminate
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's very yeah, cool yeah. That
2: yeah. yeah, lovely, lovely mothet line. But I'm I'm glad you so let's go back to the staircase, because of course, again, we've brought up Remembrance of the Daleks. Remembrance of the Daleks doesn't get enough respect. Um it, uh, for it's for doing good a lot of of these
1: It's, it's a good amount, amount, of good
2: amount of respect. A good amount of respect. We'll just see how much that's deserved when we get to it. But um but it does have the first Dalek, you know, elevating yeah. up the stairs scene. Um that was still th- this is still clearly better. Yes, like it builds up the tension, you know. It's like it's almost as if they pause for every member of the family to come into the living room. You know, you're like, you know, mom, grand, yeah. the, the Dalek has been stopped by stairs. Come watch, like you know, it really ramps up the temperature at moment. For then the Dalek to say, "Elevate," uh, <laughs> and it's beautiful. And Robert Sherman wrote that scene first in this episode like he wanted to get that out of the way you know as a doctor who fan certainly in the dark times you were sick of everyone saying oh the daleks defeated by stairs ha 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 so to put those casual fan words in in the mouths of the people who are going to suffer when this dalek climbs the stairs that is so extra creepy and i love it did that that work well for you
0: oh my god yeah it was amazing and it's interesting how more resonant that one is than remembrance mm. even though like mm-hmm. it was such a moment such a i remember watching remembrance for the first time back in the 80s and literally jumping out of my seat like holy cow like they can't do mm. that you know like and it was such a huge thing so you knew kind of, i kind of knew they were going to do that like in this scene you know yeah. not i didn't know but i was like oh well they're going to it's show it I mean, as, a as fan, soon as they
2: start as soon as yeah. you see the staircase, it's kind of obvious
0: yeah <sighs> um and i love how adam mocks it with the, the exactly the, the credit to the line. And you're just like, oh man, like you think he's going to die right that in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it works. It works super well. Um, again, I think, I think people are like, why would it say elevate? Well, because Daleks just announce what they do. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's their, if they have a culture, that's what they do. I mean, like, you know, move the ship, exterminate, elevate. Yeah. It's, yeah. Never have a Dalek for a flatmate.
2: Cause they're going to announce when they go to the bathroom. Uh, every time like evacuate um but yeah, I speaking like, of things that I just uh, want to say one more thing about that
0: scene I like yeah. that guard the guard speech and mm-hmm. she's trying to talk it down and it's being she's being very reasonable and the Dalek just isn't having it like it's just mm-hmm. like I, I no. no 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 I don't talk to anyone except time travelers <laughs> you know like <laughs> you're you're just gonna be like you're just gonna be more cannon fodder here and she's just kind of dumb though I will say she's like shooting at it like it's just slaughtered dozens of guards. Why aren't you running too?
2: Yeah, yeah. I do like that they ramp it up like you know you, you kind of believe that the guards at the end are like they're, they're unsure, but the commanding officer is there and he's telling them to fire, and they're sort of they have the safety and numbers kind of feel, and then the the Dalek electrifies the floor like by, yeah. uh, by hitting the and you don't like immediately get what the Dalek's plan is when he puts the sprinklers on. And then you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's uh, so speaking of things that like were deliberately written in to sort of take all of the stuff that casual fans laugh at when it comes to Daleks. The plunger. Yeah. The the first use of the plunger. Is is that the first use of the plunger? Other than to sort of like you you to actually kill someone.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, the plunger, a lot of it is always just implied. And the only time I I can recall in the classic series, they literally do things with the plunger is two things. One, either they swap it out Mm -hmm. for, like, a thing that can zap through walls or whatever. Or in Remembrance of the Daleks, they I've mentioned this before, they have controls that are specifically uh, plunger-friendly. And mm. while it's sometimes unclear what they're doing, like there's more for the plungers to do. Um, yes, doing the plunger, this is another thing Robert Shearman very deliberately put in, mm. is the, the plunger death of the torturer. I forgot the character's name now, but he it gets suckered to death. Yes. Um, which is a great moment, you know, because he actually says it. What are you going to do? And uh, Yep, that's yeah. basically what I'm going to do. I'm going to suck um, your face and crush your part skull. Of what is
2: great about that is that he doesn't even get to finish the line.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: What are yeah. you going to do? Suck me to... Ah! You know, yeah. like it's perfect timing.
0: Perfect. And it's and a bit so well, unexpected. So they haven't done it since. And I, I'm mm. curious why you think that is. And I'll tell you my theory. It's just that... It's hard to make that effect look good. Like, even here, there's a little bit of clear sort of photoshopping that they're doing. Yeah, a little CGI on on the guy's face. Mm. Um, Also, frankly, it is a bit gruesome, you know, if you think of what it's doing. Uh, So, and I think for some reason, the ray gun effect and just killing someone that way seems a bit more sanitized for a family audience. I don't know. What do you think?
2: Uh, I don't think anything
0: about this is sanitized. Like I felt, oh, no, not this. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, why haven't they done oh, the, it? The since? Fact that, well, like, I think never it done a, a death like that since then.
2: It it works for the torturer because he's so unafraid. So he's got to get his come up, and so he gets close yeah. enough for it to happen. I don't think we generally see people get that close to a Dalek. You know, it has to be someone who you know, doesn't understand, like perhaps the prime minister, you know, Harriet Walter plays the prime minister in, uh, Oh gosh. Uh, revolution of the Daleks. Was it, you know, the, the, the Jody new year special that came a year. Oh, after
0: right. Yeah. 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 Revolution uh, of the Daleks. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like the, it could have worked there, but it just would have looked dumb. Like it, it's, yeah. it's hard to, I think to your point, it's hard to make it look good. It's hard to find a scene where a character gets that close to a Dalek for it to happen.
0: Uh, but or, or like... why wouldn't the dalek just shoot them anyway because yes, in, exactly. in this case the gun is not working yeah and it's the only thing it can do but it, at least you know it can still do that yeah it's
2: sort of like it's it's a hand to hand combat arm
0: which, yeah totally you know. so so just to keep going on the like i mean the design of the dalek the mm-hmm. new dalek design cuz this is the first mm-hmm. time obviously the new series that they, they they appear um it's it's still the same design here here we are 17 years later and even though they've tried other things they keep coming back to the gold time war dalek design um because they again it's a home run they hit it out of the park i mean if you think about it like all the things they did to the dalek to update it were such good choices like first it is looks like a tank like everything looks super thick there are like rivets Uh, the blights even up top look like they're they're larger and more durable Mm. Um, the color it's a single color it's uniform which i think you know it's the gold color makes it feel a bit cosmic but if you're not distracted by like why are these parts black and these parts gray and these other parts whatever yellow (laughs) whatever you know sometimes (laughs) in the classic series that you know not that daleks were particularly colorful but it was like you know, they would they would just color them in weird spots. You're know, like, well, that's what? Why is that even happening? And you know, maybe yeah. explain. But uh, I like that it's uniform that you're just not distracted by anything explain explain um yeah it, i i do
2: you know part of my head canon now is like maybe maybe the daleks had a war with the cybermen at some point before they got there uh you know <laughs> they reverse things on the gold front um in oh, yeah. learning power of the doctor like if we make our casing entirely out of gold we will destroy cybermen um like maybe that's but yeah i think you're absolutely right looking like a tank is exactly what you want a dalek to do because as Sylvester McCoy mentions in the uh, Doctor Who Confidential that goes along with this episode. Uh, like he, he brings up images of World War One, and mm-hmm. then, you know, and suddenly like tanks enter World War One and these huge, impersonal, terrifying machines. And then, and, and the Daleks are that, but they're smaller
0: and they can get into your living room. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what you want it to be force you to hide behind that sofa just like a trench also Surely. like in, in addition they have the, for the first time these really deliberate specific mechanical noises for mm. everything which they could have edited out you know and um or i you, whatever like basically they included like clear like noises as it moved its head as it moved its even its gun you know when it mm. rotates you could you, it, it makes a noise and i think that that's really good choice it just makes them feel more real Honestly, yeah, it makes it just feel more tactile, and it's not some fantasy sci-fi beast. It's right here in the room.
2: Yeah, for for all the the fact that Remembrance the Daleks did a few things first, like the uh, extermination of the skeleton, the the stairs thing. Uh, this this is the first, like it's the first time we see the casing open.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it's exploded uh, open before. Yeah, but it hasn't actually opened open. I mean, there's a there's a bit in Resurrection of the Daleks where the heads go up. Right. We'll get there.
2: Not, okay. quite, not quite not quite the same. the same thing no uh it is the i believe the first use of the um uh
0: the balls on the exterior of the dalek you know, yes first and last <laughs> <laughs> again i think they did here and never did again is that, yeah uh... but i like
2: the idea that it's the is the dalek's suicide switch like if you
0: need to yeah, blow yourself I mean... up there's, there's probably a ton of headcanon and lots of people have talked about this before. Uh, it's probably, yeah, certainly like it's their self-destruct mechanism, but is it also a thing that does something else that can also, like in other words, is it a thing that functions as something else all the time and then can also mm. be used to destroy itself? You know, like, I don't know. I think, cause I'd like to think it's that cause it's like, otherwise like why have this self-destruct thing on your skirt all the time? Uh, I, I like
2: to think that it's you know, like Daleks have got to be really good at tennis or really into handball or something like that. <laughs> Never without a ball. You know, you just, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they can catch them with the sucker. Like it's uh, Daleks are actually pretty well built for sport.
0: Yeah. And if they ever lose, they could just set one off. You know? <laughs> Boom.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Take that Wimbledon.
0: But yeah, um, I could I could go on about like the details, like there's that neat little thing about underneath right underneath the eye stock that's just a symbol that's never really explained. Uh, but it's like it's another thing that just you could make up your own headcanon, it just makes it seem more alien and real. But the thing I really want to highlight is the for the first time you see that rotating midsection. Yeah. Which I thought like, you know, yes, fans have seen them climb stairs before but we've never seen that for me as a fan mm. a longtime fan that was like an omg moment that is so cool to see that Dalek yeah. midsection just rotate and just be able to exterminate people all around it uh and the way that that's
2: like it's 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 a series of steadily evolving reveals of what this dialogue can do right it's mm. the episode all not even self-consciously i'm <laughs> say fully consciously just like we are going to change. It. You know everything you thought you knew about the Daleks is wrong. Like, here's what they can do as well. Here's here's why they're such effective killing machines. We're going to show everything. We're going yeah. to use every tool in our arsenal. And that was that is a great one. You're absolutely right. I got chills at that moment. The midsection is turning to the left. It's turning to the right. It's shooting soldiers all around it, and you believe it when the Doctor says that this one Dalek could annihilate all of Salt Lake City.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. You can
2: totally believe it.
0: Well, especially with that force field. Um, mm. So again, this has been written about to death, but the reason that it has this force field that vaporizes bullets as they come in is because they, from from a practical effect standpoint, they just couldn't afford it with all the gunplay mm. and being shot at. They, it, there were too many moments where they would have had to show like sparking from the bullets on the mm. Dala cases. It's like, we can't, we can't do it throughout. So they're like, well, we'll say it has a force field too. And like talk about serendipity it's like oh wow now this thing is even more believably formidable and you do need that bit of throwaway dialogue where the doctor is like look it's got a force field but it's not invincible like you you can hurt Mm -hmm. it if you Mm -hmm. concentrate your fire and they kind of ignore him for uh, like (laughs) what (laughs) why would you not listen to this guy um even though they, uh, I would have actually liked to see though, because there was so many bullets, like it, they, they kind of didn't need to concentrate their fire. There were so many people shooting at it in that scene. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more sparking or something, just to show that some of their bullets were getting through. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that was what they were trying to do, and there was the rain and it wasn't entirely clear. Um, but it is like the, yeah, it's kind of what. The, how could you not concentrate your fire in a situation like that? It's like, uh, yet it's still you know still formidable enough to take it.
2: Indeed, uh, another one more first for this episode. I believe this is the first use of a choir for the music. Mm. Uh, like you know, Murray Gold uh, decided that that's what the reemergence of the Daleks need. It it really worked for me. What did you think of the of the music in this episode?
0: Oh yeah, scary, and it just shows mm. that how like scary and scary epic. You know, mm. it kind of reminds me of that final scene in return of the Jedi where mm. the choir the starts up as the, the, uh, emperors, you know, zapping Luke. Mm. And you kind of, you kind of need that, you know, for your, your arch villain, this, this kind of like uh, <laughs> somehow the universe is going along with the, the epicness of this moment. And it's just, it's, this choir has risen to like, Oh, it really uh, just sort yeah. of emphasizes the, the raised stakes.
2: I thought you were going to mention the choir in uh, in Phantom Menace uh, in Star Wars, where they really like that. One of the best things about their film, right, is the the duel of the fates uh, over the. Oh, um, yeah,
0: no, that's a good the, one, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But they really John Williams really ups the ante on the choir and that. That is uh, the
0: one part of Phantom Menace I try to <laughs> yeah. think about if I ever think yes. about that movie. I just have sort of trained yeah. myself not to, I think.
2: So this is not the first time that a Dalek was called mistakenly called or mistaken or deliberately called something other than a Dalek, because Mm. of course Genesis of the Daleks they are Type Three travel machines. Mm, Uh, True. Am I I getting that correct? What about Mark Three? I believe Mark Mark Three travel machines. Uh, What What are some other like? You know, we know that they're called drones in uh, Revolution of the Daleks. You know, the Prime Minister's announcing these sort of super drones outside Downing Street. Um, th- there does seem to be a bit of a Doctor Who history of like just calling the, the Daleks something other than Dalek, right?
0: Mm. Uh, especially
2: when you don't know what they actually are. Uh, can you think of any others?
0: That's a good question. Maybe in the novels. Mm. You know, mm. Think about that one with, there's like a sequel to, no, 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 they would have been known because this is a sequel to Dalek Invasion of Earth. Um... Oh, yeah, those are I the mean, main ones. I think it's huh. a good, like, what, what did you think of Metaltron
2: as, an, as a name? Like, it, <laughs> I, it's very I, Van lo- Staten.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love how bad it is. It's like, this is like the <laughs> worst thing you could think of and yet it was like, oh, everyone's like, you know, Yes Man and Naughty along. Yep, great. we we'll call it the Metaltron. Like, sort of the power it of the CEO sounds, moments.
2: It sounds better in an American accent, Metaltron. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been watching too much Tron.
0: Yeah. What was the other yeah. thing that was re-, re the Metaltron uh or did I make the same joke about Galvatron and Megatron? <laughs> <laughs> like it just sounds like it's one of those uh what are the what it's just a transformer or I something. Yeah. So you know in the in the creation
2: of this, uh, you know, they they almost didn't get the rights to use the dark from Terry Nation's estate. Um Ironically, because the, yeah. they felt that the Dalek had been so overused, Daleks had been so overused, so over merchandise. And you got to think they were worn around by the fact that they were like, but we've never seen just one, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so and that's why they finally gave their, um, uh, their blessing to it. But the, this was almost going to be the toclophane. Uh, right. It was going to be kids inside machines in a Dalek-esque way that just destroy stuff, which is interesting alternate history, but I'm so glad that, that that the nation estate gave in.
0: Yeah. I remember uh, hearing about the war, like basically the negotiations broke down. And so there were issues Mm -hmm. like basically both sides came out or at least the BBC came out and said, yeah, we're not going to use them because we couldn't make a deal. Uh, Clearly that was some kind of negotiating tactic that worked and they made the deal. And I don't think the terms of it have ever been really, um, Revealed. I think mm. there was a rumor once that they had to include the Daleks every season, huh. but I think Moffat <laughs> kind of denied that at one point. Although they kind of have been in every season, yeah. if you kind of look back. um Even though some of those in the Matt Smith days were were kind of cameos, yeah. Um, well, that that would
2: was... certainly explain uh, the power of the Doctor now that because it kind of underused <laughs> in that, uh, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm glad they worked it out. I'm glad, you know, I remember hearing about it like, oh, that's going to kind of suck. I mean, you kind of want the Daleks. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Doctor Who without the Daleks is diminished. You know, sure. um, it just is. And the thing is, the Daleks without Doctor Who are nothing. Yes. You know, like, that's the thing. I mean, they're, like, they're totally worthless outside of Doctor Who. I don't know what, like, who are you going to make a deal with? Like, they. they I know true. they, in the 60s, there was this fantasy that they could have like Dalek well, standalone movies and they would be a standalone yeah. franchise, which it never came to be. There's been a lot of written about this in Dr. Who magazine, but just thinking about that, I mean, like how, how would that even work? And I know like I, there are exceptions to this rule of like the villains coming out and being their own thing. Like Venom, for example, mm-hmm. uh, in Spider-Man comics is now uh, its own franchise. But I, I would still argue I don't think Venom works super great outside of yeah. outside of Spider Man universe. I mean, you know, the the box office notwithstanding. You need you
2: need good versus bad. You need you know Superman and Zod. Uh, you know, or yeah. Superman and Luthor. Right, is probably a better example. You know, uh, yeah. Every every hero needs needs his opposite and. Uh, The Doctor and the Daleks, they just have such history and and, and such, they are so opposite in so many ways. They absolutely work better together. That said, I did love the Dalek comic strip from the 60s and 70s that was just them, the Emperor Dalek and all of that. Um, Well, they've done Dalek Empire
0: stuff too Mm. in uh, Mm -hmm. Big Finish. So, you know, all that's all kind of notwithstanding. And I I agree. I'm sure some of that stuff is great. I haven't listened to it. Uh, But to your point, it's just better. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: not, it's not, it's Full self, If it's not played as an antagonist to the doctor yeah, and you can yeah. certainly overplay that. And I, I would argue themes and stuff from this uh, episode w- in this episode where they're fresh and done perfectly well are amazing. But they did end up playing this song again and again of the doctor and the Daleks, the time war, mm-hmm. mutual hatred mm-hmm. um, to to probably diminishing success the more they did it throughout the uh, the new series, right? And yeah, there are yeah, exceptions, yeah. but uh, I don't know if it ever really rises to this level of quality that we see here in Dalek.
2: Yeah, speaking of Big Finish, we did mention that this is based on Rob Sherman's episode, uh, Big Finish Story Jubilee, which is, I'm going to give Big Finish a plug here because this it's just $2.99, uh $2.99 uh on Big Finish today go give it a listen it's amazing it's uh it is one of the best intros that i've ever heard to cold opens as it were uh to to almost any doctor who story because it features a a sort of a fake uh doctor who movie trailer yeah. from within this uh, england empire world uh and you just sort of get to the end of it and it's like you know, uh, you will be told which cinema to go see this in. Attendance is compulsory. You know,
1: all <laughs> the great
2: English empire. And that's the cold open, you know, smash cut into the theme tune. So it's worth it just for that. It's worth it for Rob Sherman's writing. Uh, I will also say a few more things about Rob Sherman's writing. Uh, he, The more you dig into his stuff, he likes to write dark content about Nazis. Specifically. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, we all know Daleks are basically just metal Nazis. And uh, here's what Wikipedia says about his controversial early play called Easy Laughter. Uh, You think it's a Christmas comedy, uh, but eventually reveals itself to be set in an alternate history where the season celebrates not only the birth of Jesus, but the successful extermination of the Jewish race. And you're like, oh my God. Like Mm. I get shivers from just kind of hearing that um, description. Uh, There's a, it was an award nominated short story that was about, uh, a, disillusioned mar- a disillusioned marriage and this guy in a marriage that's going bad, but also a guy who goes to hell and falls in love with the talking ghost of Hitler's ch- pet dog, Hitler's childhood pet dog. Like, whoa, what? What? <laughs> what? Um, kind of glad Keanu... that one wasn't adapted into an episode. <laughs> Yeah, if we, that's when Doctor Who run a, runs out of ideas when they adapt uh, the talking ghost of Hitler's childhood <laughs> let's, kill, pet dog. let's kill Hitler's dog. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs>
2: Hitler's childhood pet dog. Um, not even the cute German shepherd. Um, yeah, so I like that he's got his themes. I like that he likes exploring the, the darkness and humanity, and that's really where Dalek came from. Like He fully understands that the Daleks are the worst of us.
0: Right, yeah. You know? Well, because right. again like what they bring out in us mm. and our, our mm-hmm. heroes is definitely um interesting though that yeah he's got that history um if mm. he's got he might be the go-to guy for dystopian dictator futures so really? i wouldn't mind really? seeing seeing what he might do outside of a dalek episode um, and,
2: and speaking of uh, controversial like uh, rose basically euthanizes the Dalek here. I've I've got a little note here. Rose, quote, Dr. Kevorkian, unquote, Tyler. Um, like, is that, could you headcanon this to be something to do with Bad Wolf? That she, mm. because what she appears to be doing here, obviously no, we know this isn't the case, but she's like actually allowing the Dalek to commit self-genocide if it's the last of its race. So, yeah, she is. This is yeah. actually,
0: you're kind of jumping ahead. <laughs> to me, for me, because this is actually what I wrote down, is what if the evil plot had succeeded? Because mm. the evil plot, um, to me, is... There There really kind of isn't one, Um, in that mm. the, the Dalek hates its mutated self and must commit suicide according to its own sort of philosophy. Mm. Um, And the only way it might not do that is if Rose refuses to give it orders because in its twisted brain, it feels like it needs an order. Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, one, that's a clever script twist because it actually gets us to hear the Dalek scream obey, which is another mm-hmm, their, mm-hmm. their second most popular catchphrase. Um, <laughs> so we get that, too, here, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if it doesn't do that and survives, what does it become? Is it yeah. then? Uh, and I think that question's answered eventually, right? Like it dies here. But you, you get uh, versions of that answer in Dalek Sec. You get versions of that answer in Rusty from the, uh, into the Dalek. And even that Dalek we just saw in Power of the Doctor, who was all like, hey, our race should be destroyed. And he had weird sort of reasoning about like, well, we were supposed to preserve the Khaled race, but they're gone. Right. So yeah. Which die. is wonderful,
2: wonderful logic. And uh, yeah. I don't think I've heard that logic from a Dalek before. Like that's, that's kind of, he's he's got to be blowing some Dalek minds with that philosophy. <laughs> um but also, it's, calling forward, um, uh, it's. I saw a foreshadowing of which is familiar here, um, okay. Specifically, like the Dalek just wants to see the sun before it dies. Like it right. opens its casing, it sees the sunlight, which is what Davros says. You know, when he's supposedly dying, gets a bit of regeneration energy from the Doctor because he just wants to see let's see one more sunrise, and of course, that's all a plot. So, I actually rewatching this couldn't remember how dalek ended um and uh I, I i you know so so i kind of assumed that it was that too was a ploy right oh, that, okay. uh, that it was just sort of like pretending to want to see the sunrise i think because i i did have sort of uh ptsd from from the witch's familiar of that moment of like don't do it don't don't let it see the sunshine um because uh, i couldn't remember there was like one more twist um, uh, but I wonder if, if Stephen Moffat in Which is Familiar was playing with our expectations uh from yeah. from watching Dalek.
0: Well, I gotta say it this episode again coming so early, and because everyone is at ten or above, you really believe everything. Mm. And um in other words, I think in terms of subverting expectations, this was the episode to do it, and I believe it sort of successfully does that um in an earlier scene where they actually convince you Rose has been killed. Um, not mm. not entirely, but it's like, the series is so new yeah. and Eggleston sells it so well. Like you, yeah. you're kind of in the back of your head. Did they really just kill her? Like, you know, even though you kind of pretty sure they didn't cause all you heard was the gun and you didn't see anything. And of course it's right. a moment later it isn't. Um, that it can't
2: yeah but yeah eccleston has that wonderful scene of like he has to measure his trauma his trauma over the daleks over his love for rose and that is such a dramatically tense moment oh it's beautiful and he gets
0: you know like again so emotional so believably um to just wrecked and he rips Mm. into van staten there and does a perfect dressing down of him as like you know you you know, I wanted to touch the stars. No, you just want to bury them underground and label them. But he mm-hmm. does it in such a way that is like, he's not, he doesn't say it like, I just said it like very deadpan. He's just screaming mm. at the guy and yeah. Then he just for a second later, he's just sort of remembering how young Rose is and how, you know, how much she was just this innocent person that meant so much to him. Mm. Um and, of course, she's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yes. By the way, one
2: one my favorite Rose line in this is, it's almost Moffat-y, uh, this moment where the doctor and Van Staten are kind of going at each other. And she just says,
0: blimey, you can smell the testosterone in this room. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit of a, like, predictable line at that point. I just yeah, felt yeah. like it's, like, okay. Because um, the I doctor's, honestly, it, he's, it was okay. But it was just, like, the doctor's just responding to the guy, like, is he like i don't know i did i didn't get a lot from him that's that and certainly um uh, but anyway. yeah
2: yeah i don't know i think that the doctor has more of an edge like we were talking about the louis the 14th thing uh you know he does It does. he's kind of an undercurrent that he he does kind of talk to people that kind of muscle in on his uh yeah. on his action especially if they're all getting all masculine and up in his face that's um, true i mean he is yeah. a man at this point yeah. and yeah. you know
0: so yeah, it is, He it had is to
2: regenerate a few more times to find out what it was like without so much testosterone. Um, anyway, is it is it time? I think we've sort of kind of uh, exhausted well, had, all of our love for the show, but what, what do you got? I,
0: I had one more thing to key in on, mm-hmm. which was kind of, this is, I'm going to get into the uber fan corner here. Sweet. Um, but I, was, I recall sort of feelings from seeing this the first time, and There's something that I think they didn't that that I think this sort of implies that they ended up not doing that I was a little disappointed by, so I'll Mm -hmm. explain what that is. Uh, It's the line where he says, "It's it must have fallen through time, the only survivor." And Mm -hmm. I remember even while I was watching it the first time, well, why couldn't it just be a Dalek prior to the Time War? You know, like this sort of linear time perspective that doctor who just kind of defaults to kind of makes sense from a storytelling perspective but you know the this this should be a thing that is more done and talked about in the show i think like timelines getting messed up like in you know certainly the river stuff with being in reverse is is a good example of that of the sort of taking advantage of time travel
1: but yeah, I, never... I think
2: that uh, that sort of only doesn't work if you kind of if you've seen Day of the Doctor, right? And you know how the Doctor thinks he destroyed all the Daleks. But I feel like at the time there was the sense that the Time War had wiped out the Daleks as if they had never existed.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm getting at, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. that, you know. I actually really like that idea that, oh, the, da- the Daleks aren't just destroyed, they've been erased from history. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Um, and I don't think but then that that never that, that that's not what they did, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like uh so I kind of wish they would do a storyline like that where and they probably have and I'm just not thinking of it, but it is like not but not just a story, like a storyline where some some entire races or or sequence of events is erased from history, and they sort of have to fix time um mm-hmm. uh, in some way. I think that could make a pretty good sort of season long plot um totally but totally uh so you know rtd call us once again again this is this script is fine it's a total tour de force i just i feel Mm. like there's some untapped potential there that got my sort of headcanon going that was then sort of diminished later um but yeah Mm. Mm. potential to be all right indeed as as there is in the best of doctor who
2: and speaking of the best of doctor who is it time pete is it time for the four questions
0: it is time now for the four questions to doomsday,
1: da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: an actual sound I, effect I put in. I know, I know, I know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to add my own afterwards. Like, we, we now know to pause for the audio sting, uh, <laughs> but like, I like to add my own sting. All right, question one Why did the randomizer take us here? You want to take us first? Sure, uh, and I've got a really nerdy one that you uh, may not realize, because I, I watched the Doctor Who Confidential episode uh, last night that goes along with Dalek, uh, narrated by Simon Beck. And uh, it has in it uh, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy, nice. uh, the Guardians of the Edge. Like oh, We, we oh, didn't oh, talk oh, about oh, this oh. in The Power of the Doctor, but like that's, you know... They, hey, we'd be here twice. all day, man. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but like that that's where my brain immediately went uh i also felt that um the randomizer clearly has one eye on you know current current who that's why it took us to runaway bride right with the doctor and donna um i feel like a power of the doctor would have whetted the randomizer's appetite for for daleks uh like even we've talked about like that 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 philosophy of the Khalids are no more, therefore Daleks need to destroy themselves right. um, kind of has the potential, has potential to change everything about um, the, the Daleks' existence in Doctor Who. Um, but it was sold short, like it just, that that was not explored, that yeah. was pushed to one side, turned out to be a complete distraction. Um, we also asked after Runaway Bride, uh, was that the first time that uh, knew who got a bit genocidy. well asked and answered <laughs> asked and answered randomizer
0: yeah no totally totally um i, I definitely had that uh, a, a similar connection to the runaway bride mm-hmm. so the pivotal moment in the runaway bride one of them anyway is when donna says you could stop now and yeah. it's one of these moments in New Who, or early New Who, where the, it shows why the doctor needs companions, but also that he needs to be reeled back in from his sort of time war, war doctor type self. And that is 100% Dalek. Like mm. with Rose at the end, it's not the one pointing the gun at me. What are yeah. you changing into, Doctor? Yeah. Uh, like such resonance there, right? And it just feels so important both yes. the show and what the show's trying to say. Um like that to yeah. me is the clear bridge here that the randomizer's making.
2: Totally, totally. It's the first sort of lonely guard moment that we get for the doctor, first oncoming, oncoming storm. First time we really see uh what we thought and what everyone thought at the time was the War Doctor. You know, yeah, we yeah. all assume even that Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> even Moffat thought yeah. that <laughs> yeah, because, you know, John Hurt was only a last-minute invention because we couldn't get Eccleston. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of glad that that happened. Obviously, it really turned into a home run. But, um, but yeah, that's like you could totally believe that this was the Doctor who went through the time war. Um, so, yeah, yeah, very, yeah good, very good job, now. Randomizer.
0: One other connection I'll just say is that mm-hmm. coming so soon after we've seen Power of the Doctor, this is a good reminder mm-hmm. That throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at an episode does not necessarily make it good, right? I mean, mm. this is so epic. And it is so sort of small and tight by comparison in terms of a production. Yeah. Um, but, man, holy cow, does this send massive shockwaves. It is. Like, totally. It's, it's I mean, it's, sub, how, it's how you do New Who on an
2: old Who budget. Yeah. Right? Single location. Minimal number of characters, only one Dalek. Uh, like, yeah, a lot of the CGI, and yes, that wasn't available to Old Who, but but still, like, the budget on this one would not have been huge.
0: No, no, uh, especially in series one, yeah, I and mean, it was still proving itself, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And you could just throw in other stuff, like, we haven't even talked about the Cybermen head. Uh, yeah. at the beginning that, uh, you know the slithine arm like you know a bunch of stuff that just sort of like it, it's nice callbacks it's you you might call it fan service yeah. but it's not really
0: yeah. um, don't don't forget the davros reference it's a, such a uh, yes reference. you yeah. your
2: creator was it your creator would be very uh talk talking at, to like uh
0: yeah. to no it goes to ved staten and says, oh yeah, like, yeah who created them and he's like a small tin, a tin pot dictator, you know, the boss of his own little world, you'd like him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd love it.
2: Yeah. Well, that's sort of uh, a good segue into question two. Yes.
0: What if the evil plot had succeeded? And I've already said yes. mine that uh, the Dalek is denied being uh, the ability denied being able to commit suicide and therefore kind of becomes this self-hating Dalek that mm. might have ramifications to, the universe, uh, in the same way, say, Rusty did in terms of yeah. going out and trying to kill as many Daleks as possible.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. My response to this is f- first the question is Is the evil plot Van Staten's plot or the Daleks' plot?
1: Yeah. Um, so if it's, it's cool if, or that, yeah.
2: So if it's Van Staten, then maybe the plot means he succeeds in actually killing the Dalek like he drills. We know from the novelization, he's the drill has actually finally touched flesh. Like that's part uh. of the. The terrifying thing of this, like he, they, they were on the edge of killing this Dalek.
0: So, um, so it was maybe they, it's it took there. a while to get through the the polycarbide armor. Yes,
2: <laughs> or maybe it's something more terrifying. Maybe Van Staten uses this to sort of establish a glo- global dictatorship. To to reference Jubilee, right? That it, you you ah. could just use you could use one Dalek as your nuclear weapon to especially as he's already like picking presidents like he's already got that level of power what would having one dalek in his corner do for him
0: so it basically you're suspecting he gets in to the casing figures mm-hmm. out enough about the dalek and how to manipulate it mm-hmm. uh, or force it to yeah. do his bidding like basically yeah. get some kind of device in there that he could kill the dalek any anytime so he has to do whatever he says interesting <laughs> yeah I like that if he
2: if he's prepped for it, he could give the Dalek just enough energy. Uh, yeah. or, or like it, it could be a, a kill switch, right? You could just flip it on. Like, okay, got Dalek. Now you can exterminate the people that I put in this room. You know, flip it off. I'm walking back in. Let's have a conversation.
0: Yeah. I'd love to see a, a, a scene where Vat Staten is, it echoes the first scene in Genesis of the Daleks where he's giving it voice control. You know, mm-hmm. stop, turn right. you know now yeah
2: i mean uh obviously like we know from genesis of the daleks many other Dalek stories that doesn't work out very well they will turn on you eventually especially if you try to produce more (laughs) but if he was smart enough he'd just keep it to the one and that's his kind of nuke and speaking of nukes i think that if if the daleks evil plot had succeed you know assume it does get out assume it does sort of start trying to attack salt lake city which uh it's a probably a long way to salt lake city man like it would just kind of maybe break down on the road why <laughs> <laughs> maybe it runs into lake silencio to make another Doctor Who, utah
0: reference um that is another but, thing what's the obsession with utah Those yeah are what the project? hell <laughs> other states where is the... str- yeah. It's
1: straddle
2: showrunners as well like is, is is there just sort of an underlying mormon theme to uh, to doctor who what's Ooh. what's going on here <laughs> Doctor does have, I love it he does have multiple wives I'll just say that
1: um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it could could it does raise this interesting question of like could one dalek destroy every human on earth Yeah like Surely if you at some point you just Maybe. nuke it at some point, it would be an Independence Day scenario, and you'd just be like, you know, sorry, Salt Lake City, we have to throw a nuke at it.
0: I mean, it's Doctor Who. How could you be sure? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and if it's a nuke, it just blows up and you can just assume it's dead, but nothing, that never works in the show. You know, it just yeah. never does. You know, to have a yeah. horse field and maybe it's buried. Well, again, that, that would be a, a
2: great sort of Independence Day style scene where, like, the, yeah. the, the smoke clears and no, the Dalek is still standing there.
0: Yeah, from... totally. So yeah, I think I think it totally could. You need you need uh-huh. the Doctor. You need some X Factor to stop the Daleks. Can't just have Unit do it.
2: Well, and that 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 brings me to uh, the question three. <laughs> My answer to question three, which is, okay.
0: where's the Clara Splinter? Because as we know, Clara Oswald was fragmented at the end of the Time of the Doctor throughout the Doctor's time stream. Name uh, of the Doctor, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, one of those. What was it name of the Time of the Doctor <laughs> hey. was the next one.
2: Is the final yeah, name <laughs> of the Doctor? Sorry,
0: they're all named of the Doctor. That it's hard to keep them straight. Especially now we've got Power of the Doctor. We've got
2: too many of the Doctors now.
0: I know. At least that one's a whole different era. <laughs> but um, yes, of course. Clara, where is she here?
2: So my my theory is that she she's not in the bunker at all. Uh She's waiting outside the bunker. She either has a nuclear device or a crack unit team or you know some way of filling the bunker with concrete which is what eventually happens anyway like she's got the concrete trucks
0: ready to roll um maybe you know, she's st- the something. owner of the concrete company and <laughs> she's she's ready there she's like we've got all these trucks yeah you know they're all just yeah. right. and basically they're like we got to get those out to orders no no no. i think we're going to get a big order
2: yeah real soon yeah
0: trust me trust me
2: like why are we driving into the middle of the utah desert boss oh just just trust me we yeah bring all the concrete mixers that's what i said bring them all you know wait (laughs) wait for a hole to open in the ground here then pour in the concrete
0: there it is perfect i didn't have much better uh but they do mention that the dalek crashed in the ascension islands which i didn't actually look up Mm -hmm. until now those are in canada you can believe it oh so it's a none of it so that actually sells the idea that this is a remote area yeah. um, i don't know how anyone would have even noticed honestly <laughs> unless it was uh you know some some uh inuit uh inuit folks just oh, okay uh yeah doing fishing or whatever but um so like, dalek would be very good at fishing
2: i mean that's, that's with that sucker my goodness
0: So then, but then it's also sold at auction and passed from private private owner to private owner, I guess. So maybe she was sort of the broker or the auctioneer and was manipulating how the Dalek was transferred, ensuring that it would get here. Interesting. uh, Yes.
2: Yes, Uh, and maybe sort of uh, made sure that the Doctor heard the distress signal because does the distress signal come from the Dalek itself? In the novelization, the, just, the doctor goes straight to the source of the signal, which yeah. is like, you know, a set of doors, you know, that the Dal- we know the Dalek is behind. So he's actually responding to the Dalek's distress signal. But I don't think in the show it's ever explained.
0: No, no. It's just, yeah, I think it's there's a strong implication it was the Dalek. Yeah, mm. he, did, no, he does say it. He does say it when he's in the prison where he's like, yeah. oh, and I got your little signal. Help uh, me, help me. Poor little thing. Yeah, so I think it was maybe, definitely maybe Dalek. Maybe Clara,
2: maybe Clara's boosting that signal because how the uh, hell else is it going to reach the Tardis? Could be, could be. Yeah, yeah.
0: So a lot of yeah. possibilities here in this tight episode for Clara, even though there's not much in the way of plot oversights to mm-hmm. fill it. In, so indeed, indeed. Cool. All right, and the final question. The final question, the only question for Dalek <laughs> is this: a a Dalek, which is uh, the, the rating we give for a good episode of Doctor Who. Uh, there is, is it an Ogron, which is a perhaps not so great episode of Doctor Who. We have our new rating in Professor Hader where it's not a good episode of Doctor <laughs> Who, but at least I learned something. And there is the Viscount Banger, what we reserve for the ultimate episodes of Doctor Who, the best of the best. And I got to say, as ironic as it is, we're not giving Dalek a Dalek. This one's by far a Viscount Banger. Like, all the way.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of am. I'm, I'm going to do both, because I'm going to say, this <laughs> this
0: is Viscount Banger, uh,
2: but he's yeah, got a Dalek.
1: Obey! <laughs> Obey! Obey!
2: Obey! A single rating. Obey! You, you must choose! Choose! Nice. No, I'm going to say that the Viscount Banger has actually had a Dalek locked up in his castle in the basement. For for all these years, chained up, he thinks it's a Metaltron, or Sir Metaltron, as I'm sure Viscount Banger calls it. Um, That's why we love it. That's how much of a Viscount Banger it is. Mm. It's a Viscount Banger with a Dalek in his castle.
0: Wow, it's a it's a Russian doll. Like Dagger Dalek thing, It just keep <laughs> just more and more and more. Every time you peel back a layer, there's another one that's just as good and satisfying. Indeed, that's how to, good this episode is. To make another to make another Power of the Doctor reference, it's a it's a Russian nesting doll kind of situation. Yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, we've made it. We've we've talked all about the drama and all the amazing performances the design of the dalek everything they mm-hmm. did right on top of that all they also worked in hair dryer like it's so <laughs> good this episode is so good oh my it's god it's so good and here's here's my
2: question for you this, maybe this is the fifth question to doomsday um <laughs> is this so when we did genesis of the daleks i don't believe we had the viscount banger rating system is that correct can't remember but yeah, i think you're right yeah a while back so the question yeah, is: Yeah, we
0: it's... did to decay after that, I believe. Yeah. This
1: this
2: may this may be heresy to even say it, and I'm ready for a collective gasp from the the classic Who audience. Is this better than Genesis of the Daleks? Now we've seen them both.
0: They're so different, you know. Yeah, like really I mean, one's drawn out, is you know trying to say a lot. Um, it's more allegory than anything else.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: it's yeah. hard to make that call you know i i i think i i go back to dalek more often but that's probably just because it's shorter yes like,
2: easier to get through yeah we uh, often forget that genesis is a six-parter um yeah. maybe if genesis was a four-parter like it would have been a lot tighter you'd remove a lot of that stuff like the clams and you know the the stuff that we you don't remember until you rewatch it you know sarah right. jane's unexplained costume change all of that stuff i think on balance this might be the best dalek story ever
1: hmm.
0: and... agree uh, yeah. agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i have to give it just because like you said it's not just a masterclass in good doctor who and how to mm. deal right that for the daleks it's a master class of good tv like this yes. is great freaking television <laughs> Trying this? to keep a family friendly, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's it just is like this is like a tight episode that I would be very comfortable asking anyone to watch, like literally, like okay, you're gonna watch one episode of Doctor Who, watch this one, like some stuff's gonna go over your head, just as you any franchise would, but this you're gonna get it and you're gonna be riveted.
2: Yeah, if you have a friend who's sort of a non fan or maybe they used to be a fan or they saw a few episodes ages ago, but they sneer about the Daleks in particular. Like, oh, they're just you yeah. know pepper pots, they can't climb stairs, you know, what is even with that eye stalk blah blah blah, show them this, they will not be saying that again,
0: hmm. agreed, yeah, man, this is it, all right, best Dalek episode ever yeah
2: you you heard it here first, folks, <laughs> come, come at us with your with your takes, with your hot takes, uh, come at us with your explain, um, <laughs> but yeah, we think this is better than Genesis overall.
0: I got to say, we deserve a medal for not doing the Dalek Voices until the last five or ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, I,
2: I sort of assumed you were going to Nicholas Briggs us uh, throughout uh, the thing, and we'll actually do the whole podcast in Dalek Voices. Yeah,
0: I only mentioned it once, uh, but man, he's he's so, such a pivotal part of this. And yeah, you kind of see him in the Doctor job.
2: Who Confidential episode. You see him talking like this. And for yeah. viewers who are not watching me, I'm slamming my finger down with each word. And that's <laughs> how he did it, it because he had to signal the guy yeah. who was operating the lights on the Dalek the remote control so they get more synchronized than ever.
0: Super high tech. Yeah. <laughs> love it. It's funny, like, dude, when you get behind the scenes of TV, you realize just mm-hmm. how suited the pants it is a lot of the time. Um, but they were all yeah. clearly, like, you know, giving it their all here and doing whatever it took to make this awesome. Um, okay, Indeed. we could go on. We could go on and on, but we must go on to our <laughs> next episode. Uh, so we're going to have to close the door on Dala, close this casing, and then rush into our time machine and find out where the randomizer is going to take us next. Indeed.
2: And uh, yeah, we we are going to uh, step inside our mysterious police box. And while Adam stands outside it and says, Hey, what are you guys (laughs) doing in there? Um, And, uh, but we beckon you to join us because it's time to fire up the randomizer. And there are two parts of the randomizer. Pete has the codex, which is our listing of all of the stories in doctor Who history pete i've got to ask you have you added story number 302
0: 302 added because one of our followers on twitter reminded me uh and uh, i was very flattered and humbled to learn that that follower is actually using our codex as a basis oh my god or people uh, people are
2: reading our spreadsheets that's it's like the, the highest Accolade you can get in Doctor Who Phantom. I looked at your spreadsheet,
0: and I feel a little bit shamed <laughs> because we've been promising to update it with emoji reviews and other things. So we'll 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 get to that. that's, that's uh, <laughs> the last some time in the, the upcoming holidays. I'm sure at some point to make this a uh, give it an I upgrade. Feel like-
2: our casing is open to the sunlight right now. Uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're weeping a single frothy tear. I gotta um, say,
0: it was satisfying for the Power of the Doctor when I was putting the entry in to write which doctors it features. Ooh. Uh, because that's a list. Ooh. That is a list, my friend. I won't go into it here. Everyone knows. But um, I, I think that was one of those first. Doctors. We we obviously
2: weight texted, weight. we texted each other right after watching yeah. it. And I think that was one of the first things I texted you was the eight doctors, question uh, <laughs> mark. It's, it's got, it's
0: name? got eight. Yeah. This is, yeah. it's got the most doctors of any of these entries. Uh, yeah. Cause we don't, obviously we only count people who, who are in the show, not just footage. Yeah. Uh, we're
2: we're uh, counting speaking roles, like new speaking roles. Right. Here, not yesterday of the doctor has visuals of all of them. And yesterday of the doctor has clips of all of them, but not new content. So yeah. yeah, this really is the eight doctors. All right. So the other part of the randomizer is random.org, which uses atmospheric noise rather than uh, one of Henry Van Staten's algorithms um, to uh, to predict randomness because the internet is very bad in general. Algorithms are bad in general at uh, predicting uh, uh, giving you random numbers. So we use atmospheric noise. So it's true randomness. It's true bespoke doctor level randomness.
0: So you betcha. I this is the time. I plugged in numbers
2: yeah. one to three hundred and two. We're gonna generate a random number. And but first Whoa, whoa,
0: slow down. We gotta yeah, exactly. we gotta do some challenges, my man. And I feel like we're running out of challenges. Now we've we've finally done our first Eggleston episode.
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, we that. could we could challenge it to to go Yahtzee and and give us Paul McGann, but uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we could also challenge it to give us the Fourteenth Doctor.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, but uh, no, we're not going to do that. Um, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say I I got so jazzed up about this. I got so jazzed up about Dalek stories in general. I I want more Daleks. Like last hmm. time, you said let's give us let you know don't give us Tenant and Tate. Let's save Tenant and Tate. I'm going to say we're so behind on on Dalek serials. Um, yeah. Let's let's see one. Let's let's really dive into a Day of the Daleks or a Death to the Daleks or something. Actually, give me a Dalek serial I have
0: not seen, which is quite a few. Whoa, oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing but differently. So I'm going to also <laughs> continue this obsession with Daleks, but since we've just decided that Dalek is the best Dalek episode ever, Randomizer, mm. you bring us to what you think is the worst Dalek story ever.
1: Ooh!
0: And we'll see if you're right.
2: <laughs> I love it. What a yeah. challenge. All right. So... Well, Pete's going to give me a countdown. I'm going to generate a random number. He'll look it up in the codex. We'll see where we're going next. Super exciting. We have no idea what's about to happen.
0: Maximum randomness in five 2 <laughs> <brails>, Four, <laughs> three, two, one. Doctor, two hundred and seven. Explain. Explain. Two hundred and seven. Oh man, no Daleks! But it's the eleventh hour. Whoa! No, 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 no! Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, beast below, yeah. beast below. I was looking at the row.
2: Oh my god, oh, we were so close. The Beast close.
0: Below, the Beast Below, sorry everyone, sorry, this, I feel like it's the Oscars, remember when they gave it to La La Land, and then it's like, oh no, it's Moonlight, that's, ex- Except- that's exactly what happened here just now.
2: <laughs> Except Moonlight was actually good.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kid, La, oh. La La Land, La La Land was a good time.
2: No, 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 uh, no, I'm, as opposed to the Beast Below, I mean. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's like oh we're giving you this fabulous four course meal uh no sorry it's a sandwich
0: (laughs) (laughs) well good times the beast below we kid the beast below i hope uh but that's good yeah wow okay i was actually what happened there guys is i was accidentally looking at the lines in the the spreadsheet lines (laughs) and not the actual numbers of of uh the stories uh, right. which are a little off so uh, all we'll... right
2: thanks Th- thanks okay. warren Beatty. Um...
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's all good it's all good the beast below this will be interesting
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's been a while since we've done any matt smith yeah um uh looking forward to returning looking forward to like we we found almost all new who gets improved with a second viewing so maybe i will find something to like in the beast below it's, uh, it's it's fresh Matt Smith and
0: fresh Karen Gillen they're brand new yeah. right out in bushy tailed in their roles. This could be this could be uh interesting it could be a lot to yeah,
2: at least we'll be like, don't they look not tired
0: <laughs> well, they're gonna look a lot less tired than us after we've just <laughs> slogged through. Uh well it wasn't a slog at all, but we wow, it takes yeah. a lot out of you, these Dalek epics. <sighs> uh so yeah. we will catch you next time. Thanks all for listening. By the way, this is Pull to Open. It's a podcast, if you weren't sure. If you're encountering us somewhere in <laughs> explain, your cosmic journey, Explain podcasts. Podcasts are this thing you actually subscribe to on whatever service you're using. So please make sure you've done that, whether it's YouTube whether it's a podcast thing, uh, thing app like the podcast <laughs> app or Overcast or the Google podcast app. You usually have the word podcast or cast in it. It's probably That's what you're doing. Like Stitcher. Best thing you can do, of course, is leave us a review wherever you're listening to us or tell a friend about this great podcast you're listening to that talks about Doctor Who uh follow us on social pull to open on tiktok pull to open 63 on twitter and instagram drop us a line say hi review something it's all good we'd love to engage and we will talk to you all next time about the beast below see you then bye guys